Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Frick, turn it down. What the hell are you doing to me? Welcome. Back to my podcast, 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Today, ladies and gentlemen, because I am in a dark room and I did not turn my flashlight on, my lamp on, my the flashlight app on my phone that I use as a lamp because I put it on my monitor and I place my, my journal underneath my monitor. Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of stuff to talk about today on the best video gaming and sports podcast. That is, yes, once again, 24's podcast. We're going to talk about the XFL. We're going to round it up. What happened during this weekend. Strength of schedule for specifically the Dallas Cowboys, of course, and some other teams as well. Also, uh, Cam Newton. Potential moves that Carolina could be making this offseason because Carolina does not want him. They want to get rid of him. And Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota pretty much not being starting quarterbacks within the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, right here. Oh my god, I can't do my freaking intro. Ladies and gentlemen, that and much, much more right here on 24's Podcast. Completely forgot, once again, to light my candle. Has this, like, suction on it. It traps in the smoke, makes everything come out smoky. Makes the initial smell come out smoky, but I gotta blaze up again. I gotta light it up! Light it up! No. Watching The Office right now. It's on Comedy Central. What episode is it? Oh, there's like an office marathon going on. There, I'm, I'm on Comedy Central right now. I wanted to watch South Park, but South Park, because it's South Park, doesn't come on until 1130, 11 o'clock at night. It's like 8 o'clock right now. thought that I would get ahead. Jim is a force to abandon Michael at a gas station after receiving an emergency phone call. Aaron, Dwight, and Holly search for something. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I've seen this episode before. I've fallen asleep during... Some parts of the office, but I don't remember Jim leaving leaving Michael at a gas station. I'm not gonna lie. Excuse me. Let me light it up. All right. So let's talk about sports. You know, also start talking about video games once again. Like I tried to do a video game podcast every week or so. And then that has not worked out. I have not met that quota. Like last week, I was extremely lazy. This week, I'm trying to trying to get back into the swing of things. I'm tired, not lazy. I'm here once again. So, uh, what's the first thing that we should talk about? Let's talk about um, let's talk about the the Patriot quarterbacks, the potential Patriot quarterbacks. I got a list of them right here. Now. If you're wondering, 24, why are we talking about the potential list of Patriot quarterbacks? Um, It's the Patriots. That's why. I mean, come on, man. Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, they got a pretty good coaching staff. They're going to get players back that were injured last year that 100% will make them better overall as a team. They may be the one seed or the two seed next year. Remember, Kansas City was only the two seed because the Patriots lost to the freaking Miami Dolphins last year. 
on the final game of the season. So don't hold your breath on the Patriots stinking it up next year when they get all of their pieces back and they're able to uh, to continue the drive. But let me check out their strength of schedule here. Oh my goodness, it's all the way at the back? Really? Yeah, it's the, it's the 32nd hardest schedule according to... It's the hardest freaking schedule in the NFL right now. Is it seriously? Yes, it is. The Patriots are going to have to play up against five and three teams last year. They were five and three against teams that were over five hundred. Next year, they're going to have to face off against Arizona, Baltimore, Denver, Las Vegas, the Raiders, in San Francisco. That's not a good thing. And and boy, if if you got Garoppolo versus Brady, ooh, ooh, oh my goodness, Houston, Kansas City, LAC, Los Angeles. Both both of the Los Angeles teams and Seattle, the Patriots. I mean, I, I'm I'm counting like three losses right now: Houston, Kansas City, Seattle, potentially. If the if you don't got Brady, you got. If they don't got Brady, they got a shot. They don't got a shot. If they got Brady, they got a shot. But that's but two teams in the AFC: Houston, obviously, Kansas City, and they're gonna face off against Baltimore. But then on top of that, they gotta face off against San Francisco. And, and check this out. They got to face off against Seattle. Not to mention LA, if you count LA as a good team. We'll get into the Dallas Cowboys strength of schedule here in a little bit. I'm kind of curious to see what the Eagles strength of schedule. Who do they got? I don't want to hear any more excuses, by the way, next year about Carson Wentz. Check this out. He's got a pretty easy schedule. He has got a a schedule where the team's average that he's going to face off against next year, 4.486, meaning that the the majority of the teams, the average, not not the majority, excuse me, the average of all the teams that he's going to face next year, below 500. If he doesn't make it to the playoffs... (laughs) oh my goodness all right so he's got to face off against baltimore cincinnati los angeles by the way if you're wondering dallas they face off against the the afc north so not dallas the nfc east they got to face off against the nfc north but the nfc north will go up not the nfc north the nfc east will go up against the afc north Sorry if I said the NFC North. They'll be playing in the NFC. They'll be playing against the NFC South this this year. But the Eagles, they got to go up against Baltimore, Los Angeles, New Orleans, and Seattle. Because they were the number one seed this last year. They got to go up against Green Bay. <laughs> they got to go up against Green Bay again. They got to go up against Green Bay again. They gotta go up against San Francisco again. Oh my goodness. I count right now. I count right now. How many losses? 24. Break it down. What's the damage? I count San Francisco. That's a hard L. You think Carson Wentz is gonna be able to go up against that front four? I take, I say no. What about Marcus Peters? What about what, what happens when they stick that Nick Bosa guy on, on Marcus Peters? That'll be a cold Jake murder. Green Bay. Green Bay, they barely beat them. They barely beat Green Bay. You think they're going to beat Green Bay again? I don't think so. So that's two hard losses right there. Then they got to go up against Baltimore. Everybody says uh, freaking uh, Car- Carson Wentz is the is the darling of all these guys and gals on on the media. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait for him to go against Baltimore. 
And then he's got to go up against that guy, Drew Brees. And Russell Wilson. I'm counting how many losses. Just just the uh, just the home game. They got home games and away games. They don't count the divisional games as well because they're pretty obvious. You got, two, uh, you got one away, one home when it comes to your divisional rivals. But you got Baltimore. That's an L. You got New Orleans. That's an L. You got Seattle. That's an L. Los Angeles, as in the Rams, that's a potential L. What else do you got here? You got Green Bay. That's an L. You got San Francisco. That's an L. But then you tack on the two L's that you're going to take. Well, now it comes to town. What is that? Seven losses? Eight losses? That's one, two. San Francisco. And Green Bay. Three, four, five, six, eight L's. I guarantee it. Eight and eight right here, right now. Maybe not right here, right now. I'll have to watch their offseason and what happens going on. But... I would not be surprised if the Eagles went 8-8 eight and eight this season. I think I predicted them to go 9-7 and seven at the beginning of the season and miss the playoffs. But Dallas played so terribly because of Jason Garrett. Dallas, they, they, they didn't go 10-6, and six, which, is how, which is what I had them going at. But don't worry, don't worry. I got something for Dallas. I got, I got more expectations. I got a standard that Dallas should meet next year. Don't worry about it because we'll get, we'll get into Dallas's strength of schedule. Don't worry, we will. We will get into it. Okay. Let's get let's get back to the action. Let's get back to what I was talking about. So, Patriots are going to have a tough time if they don't find a quarterback. We just looked it up. They got the hardest schedule in the league. Who are they playing up? Oh, yeah, they're playing up against the 49ers. They're playing up against the NFC South this year. They're also playing they they're also in a first place schedule, so they're going up against Kansas City, Baltimore, and Houston. So, I mean, you're pretty much going up against six hard teams. Out of the division, but on top of that, you also got Buffalo and, for some weird reason, Miami, who you always lose to at least once a year. It's ridiculous. For the last two to three years. I mean, you got some hard games coming up if you're the Patriots, and they're going to be a lot harder without Tom Brady. Everybody says that Bill Belichick can win games without Tom Brady. I I don't think so. I, I don't think so. But you got a list of potential quarterbacks. Now, these are names that I've seen and that other people have talked about and other people have thrown out and stuff like that. But also, these are like real candidates. Some of these guys' names, uh, again, people have suggested and rumors have been circulating and percolating. I, I'm not going to read that much into it, but I will say their names anyways just to make you aware of what's going on with the New England Patriots. So, let's get it started. Taysom Hill, Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater, Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Jake Fromm, and Cam Newton. You like any of those guys? I'm not saying that you don't like the guys and what they can do and what they'll provide to the football team. I'm just saying going into a Bill Belichickian system as a rookie quarterback? There's only been one guy that's been able to do it, and that's the greatest football player of all time. So I'm I'm a little bit down on some of these guys, on some of the rookies. And they could draft a good rookie. They could, and I talked about it. I said, listen, one of these guys is going to fall to the Patriots because I feel like people are are, are kind of like misevaluating some of the some of these guys that are going to be in the in, in the draft. Now, 
when you watch NFL, the NFL Network, when you watch ESPN, when you watch all of these shows and stuff like that with mock drafts, remember, this is not what's going to happen because certain teams evaluate certain things differently than other teams, right? So it's like, it, it may be a smart decision to, for example, if you're Cleveland, to draft a quarterback, but instead of drafting a quarterback, you draft a kicker with your first round draft pick. That's, that's kind of what I'm talking about here when it comes to some of these teams. It's like, you know, you, you make the wrong decision, you don't make the right decision, and then you get burned because of it. So the Patriots, one of these guys, Jake Fromm, not Jake, yeah, I mean, Jake Fromm, he's probably a second or a third round guy. I, I completely forgot about Anthony Gordon as well. Everybody keeps on saying he's like a third day type of guy. I'm like, are you guys sure about that? Let me move my candle and my mic. Recently, I pretty much bolted the screws into the side of my chair so that way I'm permanently out of recline because I hated how my cl- my chair was, was set up. Uh, let me just lean back just a little bit. There we go. But it's like, you know, how, how many of these guys do you like, honestly? Short term for the Patriots. Maybe you, maybe you, maybe a trade away Cam Newton. Maybe you get Cam in a trade, right? But you, at first you want to evaluate him. At first you want to see what he's all about. You know he really hasn't been healthy for the past two years. So you want to see if he's healthy first, but before you make the trade. But will Carolina let you do that? I don't know. You may want a guy like Jake Fromm. I think the Patriots secretly and quietly really, really like Jake Fromm. I heard that Bill Belichick, he may want to trade, he may want to get Andy Dalton in free agency. I'm like, listen, Bill Belichick is confident in his own abilities. Let me unplug my computer because it's done charging. Bill Belichick is very, very confident in his abilities to, you know, to head coach and stuff like that. But, you know, let's be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up his numbers right now. They're probably not very good. And they probably haven't been very good for the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, last year he had a 59% completion percentage, 3,494 yards, 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Bill Belichick thinks that he can go and win a a Super Bowl with him. He's out of his doggone mind. He had a 78.3 passer rating. How is Andy Dalton, no offense to Andy Dalton, how is he a quarterback in the league? How? How is, I mean, he had an okay, like a lot of his years, if they aren't like bad years, he, he has like okay years, like... In 2016, he threw for 4,000 yards, but he threw 18 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, which some people are like, 24, that's really good, right? No, he's missing the volume, right? Like, usually as a starting quarterback, you play 16 games, you play, I mean, you play 16 games, you want to have more than 18 touchdowns. You want to have like 20, 20 plus, easily. He And I know he's two touchdowns away, but it's, like, it's important to get 20 you're averaging less than, like, if you get 20, you're averaging less than one touchdown a game, right? Which is bad. Maybe not bad, but it's, like, it's acceptable. Maybe not less than one, or you're averaging over one touchdown a game, excuse me. Sorry, my my bat, my math is terrible. I don't know if you can tell that. But it's fine as long as your touchdown to interception ratio is down as well. He has almost a two-to-one Touchdown interception ratio, which is good, but he doesn't have 20 touchdowns. He's averaging less than a touchdown a game, pretty much. 
almost less than a touchdown a game, excuse me. I keep thinking that it's 20 games in a season, and it's not. It's 16, and I'm losing my mind. Point is, he's not. he needs volume with his touchdowns. And he he doesn't. He does not. And if he has volumes, he either has a bad completion percentage, which shows that he is, you know, kind of inaccurate and inconsistent with the football, or worse yet, he has a lot of uh he has a, a lot of interceptions as well. So this year, probably one of his worst years, fifty nine percent completion percentage, three thousand four hundred and ninety four yards, sixteen touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, seventy eight point three passer rating, significantly below average. Even with the 4,000-yard season, 91.8 passer rating, below average. Andy Dalton? Bill Belichick, he, he, loves to, he loves to play tricks. And notice, notice, ladies and gentlemen, notice not a lot of information gets leaked from the Patriots. Not a lot. If you notice that, it's usually only stuff that they want to let leak out. There isn't a whole lot of stuff that goes on in the Patriots organization that you hear publicly. I think this is a bait and switch. I don't think he's thinking about Andy Dalton. I know some people, I know like a, it's, it's been on the news, it's been reported. A, a, a confidential source has said Bill Belichick is looking for Andy Dalton. I'm like, I don't think so at all. Like based upon his numbers, let me check out Tom's numbers. There's no way he can actually think that that he, like, if I'm Bill, I'm going to say to myself, I'm going to try and get Drew Brees. He's a free, he's, he's a free agent this year. I'm going to try and get Drew Brees. If I can't get Drew Brees, I'll settle for, for Cam. If I can't get Cam, I'm going to get Taysom. If I can't get Taysom, I'll get Jake Fromm, who's a game manager. Because that's essentially what Brady was at the beginning of his of his career. Brady had a 60% completion percentage, 24 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, 8 interceptions, 88.0 passer rating, significantly below average. But he had a 3-to-1 touchdown and interception ratio. And his offense sucked. And he was a first-place team. playing. A, he was a first-place scheduled team. He still won a lot of games. I don't know. Not going to hold the status of the team on Brady when they didn't get him any weapons. Andy Dalton. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. They nicknamed him the Red Rifle in 007. Oh, Jesus. So, quarterbacks the Patriots could potentially get Taysom Hill. I don't know. Everybody keeps telling me Taysom Hill can play in the league. He's a franchise guy. He says he's a franchise guy. Well, what team is going to take a shot on him is my question. If you don't know who Taysom Hill is, he's that multi—he's that multi-position quarterback. He can—he plays for the Saints. He can run. He can throw. He can play tight end. He can play wide receiver. He can play inside. He can play outside. He can literally do everything. He's even on special teams as well. He's a big dude. I want him to get a shot, but I I don't know, man. I haven't seen I haven't seen him play a full game at quarterback. And you know, as much as he does on the football field, as much as he plays wide receiver and running back and tight end and fullback and 
gunner or whatever the special team position is. I haven't seen him play a full game of quarterback. So if you're gonna if you're gonna take a shot on Taysom Hill, you're gonna be taking a shot in the dark. You know, and I remember I saw on NFL Network today, I was like, they were comparing him to Lamar Jackson, but I'm like, Lamar Jackson is elusive. Like, Taysom Hill takes contact. Taysom Hill is almost 30 years old. He's going to be 30 in August. Like, You got a you got a lot of you got a lot of issues, man. Maybe not a lot of issues, but you got a long way to go with Taysom, man. Because if you don't if you don't figure him out quickly, if he's not a starting quarterback, if he is a starting, you got to figure this shit out. Because if you don't, you could be missing out on a lot of guys that that could you know that can really make a difference on your team. Do I think Drew Brees could potentially leave? Uh, the Saints and go to the Patriots? No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. But I don't want to put anything past Bill Belichick. Let's say, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater. Everybody keeps telling me Teddy Bridgewater is uh, is is going to leave New Orleans. But I mean, that's why he's here, man. That's why he's there. Sean Payton is grooming him to take over. Drew Brees' position. So it's like, if I'm Sean Payton, do I want to, you know, do I want to let this guy go who I've taught for the last couple of years, or do I franchise tag him and sign Drew and say, hey, you're you're staying with us until Drew retires, pretty much. We're going to franchise you again. I don't know, maybe. Or do you move off of Drew Brees? Do you sac- the point is, do you sacrifice your future for the present, or do you sacrifice your present for the future? They got a lot to talk about. But either way, I think the Patriots, they could be in play. They could try and go after either Taysom or Teddy or both. Or really, Drew, if they let him go, which I don't see them letting them go, letting him go. Then on top of that, you get, look at some of the younger guys. Jordan Love... I didn't see him play. Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Jake Fromm. Again, Jake Fromm, prototypical quarterback. Bill Belichick loves. Very, very much a game manager. Dink and dunker. Not so much of a turnover machine. Jalen Hurts. What do you think about him? Well, how, how does he fit into this play? Very, very similar to a Dak Prescott when it comes to his play style. Very similar I would say, in fact, to a Lamar Jackson. Just has not really come up clutch in uh, some of these game time situations. In fact, well, eh, no, no, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. And finally, you got Justin Herbert. One of these teams, again, it's not my evaluation. It's the team's evaluation. Some of these guys... Based upon who is evalu- who's doing the who is doing the evaluating, excuse me, so one of these guys is going to fall. Maybe it's Justin Herbert, maybe it's Jordan Love, whoever it is, they're going to fall. And one of these other teams is going to pick them up, and you're going to be su- surprised when they do, 
Because they're going to be like, I can't believe that guy dropped. Maybe it's both of them. Maybe it's one of them. Maybe it's none of them. But one of these guys is going to drop. Patriots will be there to sweep them up. Would not be surprised if they traded the first. and If they swapped places in the first and gave up a second to get one of these young quarterbacks. It's a thought. It's a thought. Hmm. Let's talk about Cam Newton here for a second. Cam Newton, 2015 MVP. Man. Has not caught a break. The owner, Jake Tepper, 1,000% wants to move off of him. 1,000%. It's not even close. Why does he want to move on? Uh, There's this phrase, coaches want their guys, owners want their guys. They want their own people in the building. And Cam has kind of been ostracized as that guy. I saw it on All or Nothing last year, or technically this year, when Cam got hurt and Jake Tepper was like, I kind of, like, I want... Like he he's not playing. He's like he he was talking about Cam during the game, and he's like he's hurt, he's hurt. Like we can't win when he's hurt. We may need to go to another way. I, I remember there's this video. Uh, let me let me find it. I was just watching it before the podcast. I'll find it this way. Here it is. Let me pull up the clip with the owner. Here it is. Turn in 2020. Kansas was hit very hard. Is he healthy? Let's rock and roll today, man. Tell me that and then we can talk. I know that was a fast little clip, but he said he's healthy. Tell me that and we'll talk. I don't want to make too much of that because that was like five seconds. Not, man, like less than that, like two seconds. But if you do any more reading past that clip, not not like reading the actual clip, but if you read like the information about Jake Tapper and Cam Newton and how much he wants to, how much he wants to actually move off of Cam and what he wants to do with, with the team. And he's a new owner, so he's going to fire the head coach and try to build, you know, a new facility, a practice facility and a new stadium and all that good stuff. He wants, he wants everything to be made in his image. Essentially. He wants to do it his way. And you look at that and you read into that, maybe not like hard, but you read into that and you're like, well, he may want a new quarterback. So who are his options? Well, let's look up the guy that played this year. If by internet loads, I said quarterbacks, typed in quarterbacks, what are you doing? Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, Will Greer. Did Will Greer, did he play in any of these games this year? 
He played in one game. He had four interceptions. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's not the guy that they like. What about Kyle Allen? What did he do? He played in a couple of games. He had 3,000 yards, 62% completion percentage, 72 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. I think he's in his, yeah, he's in his second year. You also got Will Greer. He had one game. He he threw four touchdowns. It's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to stick with one guy? Do you want to stick with both guys? Do you want to try him out? Do you want to draft a quarterback? Sometimes when you follow your own path, when you try and say things we're going to say that we're going to do things my way, you really do things the wrong way, right? The Carolina Panthers, what's their 2020 mock draft? Because they're going to pick in like the, the top 10. Get this, get that shit off my fucking t- freaking computer screen. I just got like a massive ad for some Isaiah Simmons, linebacker out of Clemson. They're drafting after the Chargers. So in the first, pretty much in, in most mock drafts, you have Joe Burrow one, uh, Tua at 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 whatever at five because Miami's going to draft him, and then you're going to have at seven or six. Uh, Justin Herbert or Jordan Love, depending on who you're getting your information from, being drafted by the Chargers at six or seven. I can't remember which draft pick they're picking. Point is, three quarterbacks are going to be drafted within the top ten. As Carolina... Are you going to say, that's it? Like, we don't want to draft any more guys? We don't think there's a guy in the first round? Or are you going to try and maybe take a shot, you know? Maybe say, you know what? Let's get a, let's let's move up. Let's try and get one of these other guys. You know, let's trade up a, a first and a second for one of the other guys. Is One of the other teams is first and a second, you know? Just saying. What are you going to do? You don't really have a lot of options if you're Carolina. Maybe maybe you trade away Cam Newton for a second round or a third round pick. 24, can he go for a first round pick? Nope, I don't think so. I wouldn't. If I'm a team that needed a quarterback, I would be like, I'll take my chances somewhere else. I'll take my first round or somewhere else. I'll take a shot. Carolina does not have a lot of options. And if I'm Carolina, I'm going to be like, listen, I would rather not go with one of these younger guys that we drafted that are like fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks or something like that. I'd rather go with a first rounder or a veteran. Some people think, you know what, we can just go out and get Tom Brady. There's some teams that definitely have the ability to. I don't think Carolina and Oakland or the Raiders, technically, I don't think they are. But if I was one of those two teams, I would I would be calling him up and saying, how much do you want? Luke Keekley just retired. We got cap space. Dead cap money, because I think they gave him guaranteed money. But we got money. We got money to burn, and it's burning a hole in my pocket. Do you want to come to Carolina to play? How much do you want to come to Oakland? Tom, we need you. Not Oakland. Las Vegas. Tom, we need to put butts in seats. 
Nobody puts butts in seats faster than Tom Bleep and Blady. Please come to not, not I was about to say Oakland. Las Vegas. Please, we need it. We need a quarterback. Tom, come to Carolina. It's not that far from, you know, from New England. Please come to Carolina for like two years and then retire. I don't know if that's what they want to do. I don't know if Carolina wants to do that. But um, I think I said this before. I was like, listen, Carolina's in rebuild mode. If you're a Carolina fan, you're probably going to be up a, up, up a creek without a paddle for the next two to five years. Sucks to suck. Sucks to be on one of these teams. That's going to suck for the next couple of years. But if you're a Carolina fan, uh, you're going to be a fan of one of these teams. Like, come on, man. Like, look at your division. It's weak. You are one of the weakest teams in a weak division. Imagine if you had to go actually go up against real teams all the time. Like you're playing in the in the NFC South, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, you're playing in the in the South, man. You're in trouble. And you don't got a damn quarterback. And I talk about it all the time. Everybody's talking about how great Christian McCaffrey is. But I'm like, dude, he can't carry that team. They're too freaking heavy. It's like you hired a head coach. It's like, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's going to be able to get the job done. What's your schedule? Who do you guys play against next year? Like, it's got to be up against the NFC North, right? Yeah, because we just, because we're playing the NFC South. Or not the NFC South, the NFC, uh, the NFC East is playing up against the West, so the North and the South have to go up against each other. Yeah, you guys are playing a freaking hard schedule this year. On top of playing off against the Saints twice, you're now going to have to go up against uh, the Vikings, the Packers. For some weird reason, you're playing the Chiefs. You're going to play up against the Bears, who have a pretty good defense. You're going to go up against the Chargers, who may get Tom Brady. But it's like you guys are going up you guys are going up against some really, really good teams this year. And you guys believe you guys are laughing at Tampa Bay. You guys are gonna laugh when I say this. Tampa Bay's kind of become a good team. They need a damn quarterback. But if you're telling me, if you're trying to tell sell me on the Carolina Panthers and what they got a quarterback, bitch, you you tripping. You tripping. Like you you have a easier job of selling me meth over trying to sell me the Carolina Panthers going going and doing anything. Especially when the owner, Jake Tepper, looking to move off your damn quarterback. Watch out. I'm trying to tell you he's going to do it soon. He may do it before the draft. He may do it in free agency. He may try and do it. I don't know. I think Cam's contract is over in the next two years. But he's gonna he's gonna be making moves. He's gonna be making money moves. He's gonna be doing like Bodak Yellow. He's gonna be making money moves. You don't fuck with me. I don't fuck with you. When I see you in the street and I don't speak, that means I don't fuck with you. Cut up, man. You a record. I don't. You damn. I don't dance now. I make money moves. I don't gotta dance. I make money. I, that song is like three years old. I still love it. I gotta play now. I still gotta play. Hold on. Hold on. Like, damn. 
How old is that song? Everybody's heard it. I don't care. It's it's, it's a three year old song. I still love Bodak Yellow. See you in the street, and I don't speak. I don't. I gotta listen to it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Got it. What are you doing? Turn it up. We're listening to Cardi B. What are you doing? I gotta look something up. Cardi B. I love Cardi B. God, God, God damn it. I love Cardi B. God damn. My phone fell off. <laughs> I'm watching. Fell down again. One day it's gonna... Frick, man. Phone is still okay. One day that's gonna break my phone. It's fine. It's not broken at all. Very... As, as much as... You hear my phone slamming on the freaking table. I, I take very, very good care of my stuff. Every single time I play that song, I, I just got to start singing along. So I'm like, you little bitch, you don't fuck with me if you wanted to. These expenses, these is red bottoms, these is blood shoes. I don't got to dance, I make money moves. Sorry. All right. <clears throat> Moving on. I don't gotta dance, I make money moves. Alright. Anyways. What was I talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, I was talking about how the, uh, the, uh, the what's it called, the Carolina owner, he's trying to make money moves, he's trying to move off of Cam. I just saw Michael Scott's, what, what's, her, what's her name? His former boss turned go- girlfriend, turned ex-girlfriend, turned, I think, surrogate mother. And then he finished the movie... The uh, the midnight Scott it, it was the it was the it was the movie that he was making <clears throat> where he was like a secret agent or something like that. Let, hold on, let me listen to this. I can't. I it was threat level midnight. That's the movie because that's the episode title name. I completely forgot about this. Probably because I was asleep during this episode. I slept during some of the Office's episodes. Come on, it's like seven seasons. Jesus Christ, it's a long TV show, long series. All right, there she is. All right. I think her name is Jane or something like that. I don't know. <clears throat> Anyways. Talk about Cam Newton and how he's probably not going to be a Carolina Panther anymore. What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota not being franchise quarterbacks anymore. They are not going to be franchise quarterbacks anymore. They aren't franchise quarterbacks. Now, or not anymore, but at all. Now, what a lot of people have said about these two guys is, you know, you got to give them a year. I think they both played under the franchise tag uh, last year. If I'm Tampa Bay and if I have a brain, I'm like, dude, like, no, no, we're not, we're not doing another year of Jameis. Uh, Tennessee, they have a brain. They're like, we're not doing another year with Marcus. It's like, dude, you, you can be the backup. You can be the backup. <clears throat> we're not making you the starter. <laughs> you must be tripping if you think we're going to make you the starter. I wish, I wish I might, I might make you the starter. You're not a franchise. You're a perennial backup quarterback for the rest of your career. You had five years, four years technically, to show me something. And in four years, you showed me nothing. Let me look up Mariota's stats right now. Let me look up his numbers. I can't even count this year because he because he didn't even play for a season. Because he got benched. Mayor, I can't. I, how do you spell his name? Mayor Marcus. There we go. It just pulled up. I might. Marcus Mariota. I thought he was Latino. He is Hawaiian. Okay. Last time he had 20 touchdowns. He only had 20 plus. I talked about it earlier. I talked about how you have to have 20 plus touchdowns as a starting quarterback. It's ridiculous if you don't. The only time in his career that he had 20 plus touchdowns was in 2016. Pretty solid year, I might add. He had a he almost had a three to one touchdown interception ratio, twenty six touchdowns, nine interceptions, sixty one percent completion percentage, three thousand four hundred and twenty six yards. Pretty solid year. Ninety five point six passer rating. Issue was he could not string together any more seasons like that. Next season, 62% complete. I'll just read yards, touchdowns, uh, touch, I'll just read, excuse me, yards and touchdowns to interception ratios. 3,232, 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions in 2017. 2,528, 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. And then this year, because he didn't play the entire season, 1,203 yards, 7 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. Marcus Mariota. He's not a franchise quarterback. And I'm like, you knew it in his third year. You knew it in 2017. He had 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Wait, Rashida Jones is in this episode. Why is she in this episode? Like, this is season seven. She's supposed to be on Parks and Rec. What the hell's going on here? Hold on. That's so weird. Like, they got everybody back. It's like a Parks and Rec reunion. I'm like, what the hell episode is this? I gotta go on Netflix after this podcast and see, watch this damn episode. 
Because apparently I was asleep when this episode was going on. I'm actually kind of tired. I'm not going to lie to you. I may fall asleep watching it again. Sorry. Anyways. Marcus Mariota is not a franchise quarterback. You saw it in his set in his third year. He had great improvement in his second year. Didn't have that same improvement in his third year. By his fourth year, his ass should have been cut. But they wanted to be stubborn. They wanted to say, no, no, no. No, no, no. We want to keep it on. We want to keep the, the train wreck going. So let's let's go. Let's get let's keep him on in his fifth year, and that's when it's too late. It's too late now. Because now you're a playoff team with Ryan Tannehill. They may want to move on. They may want to use him. Everybody keeps on saying, well, he's a good quarterback, and he, he was he's top 10, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, for starters, hey, can we be honest? Can we be honest? He's been in the league for almost 10 years. He had half of a good season. And you want to put him in... No, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not playing this game. I'm just going to look up his numbers. I'm going to look up his numbers for the past... How many years has he been in the league? How many years? Since 2012. He has been in the league for almost 10 years. Let's take a gander. Let's take a look at his numbers. Because I'm sick of this. First year, he throws for 58%. 12 touchdowns, 13 yards. Second year, 60%. 24 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Third year... 66% 66% completion percentage, 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Great year. 4,000 yards as well. Good year. I mean, good year. We'll see. 61% completion percentage. In 2015, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 2 to 1. Third year, not third year, 2016. Uh, excuse me. 67% completion percentage, 19 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. But check this out. He threw for less than 3,000 yards. As a starting quarterback in the NFL. You have to minimum throw for 3,000 yards. So he, in 2016, threw below the minimum. Then in 2018, 64% completion percentage, 1,979 yards, 17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Was he hurt? How many games did he play? Some of these years, I'm like, was he hurt during some of these years? No. He was not hurt. He has horrible stats and numbers. Hold on. Wait. Yes, he was. Okay. I'm like, was he hurt during some of the 13 games in 2016? Uh, he didn't play. Uh, they don't have his num. They don't have apparently his numbers during 2017 in, on Pro Football Reference. And then 2018, he played 11 games. And then 2019, he played 12 games. Wait a second. What? He played 12 games, but he only had 2,742 yards. No. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. He had 70% completion percentage. He had 22 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 2,700. 42 yards. Wait a second. I'm looking at his passer rating. This was the only year that it was above average. 117.5. It's a great passer rating. But again, he only played like six games. I say that all the time. No, he... How many games did he play, actually? Because I keep getting it wrong. He didn't play six games. He played 12 games. Okay, so he played 12 games. So that's a pretty good number. Still not a full season. 
point is, I would like to see him play in a full season before I knight him as a top 10 quarterback. And a lot of people are. And I'm like, bro, like, come on. He hasn't played a full season yet. He's been playing in the league almost 10 years. He's only had two 4,000-yard seasons. And then after that, it's been a whole lot of 2,995, 1,979. Like, only only had one year that had that he had a, an above-average passer rating. Like, come on. Can we, like, can we, and he's 31 years old. Can we wait? Can we just wait a little bit before we crown him as king? As t- He's top 10 easily. Just wait. You know, if he's top 10, he'll be around for the next three to four years. If he's not, he's going to be gone pretty soon. We'll figure it out. If I'm the Titans, I'm not paying him big top dollar money. I'm going to say, hey, walk. I'm not doing this. I'm not playing this game. I'm going to say, hey, we'll franchise you. We will not sign you. I want to see more. If I'm Tennessee, I want to see more just as a fan of football. Like if he is who, who everybody says he is, you can wait. You can wait because he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Lamar Jackson. And you have a history of just ineptitude. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I am not playing. But Marcus Mariota and whatever his face is, Jameis Winston, they're out. I'm out on them. Mm. Phil Sims just looked up a video of his. I'm going to play you something. I want to play you something from Phil Sims, and then we'll kind of move on and talk about Dak Prescott here. All right, let's do it. Okay. Trust it. tree. Quarterback trust tree. So let's set the ground. Booyah, 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 so booyah, I, booyah. I have pictures here. I like it. If you're watching on YouTube, of all the quarterbacks who are available right. or some rumors that they're available, we have Matt Stafford in here as well. Okay. So basically what we're going to do. So anybody that's even a free agent, rumored free agent, be, rumored on the trade Cam market. Newton, those guys Cam are Newton all involved. Here. involved. Correct. Andy so, Dalton, of course, is not a free agent. So we're, we're, we're putting Andy Dalton's not, but right. it seems like his days in Cincinnati yeah. are numbered. No, no, these so are all guys that. So if, if, if you had, this is basically, if you had to make the decision of who you trust the most right. to run your team, who are you putting at the top of the trust yeah. tree, and who's down by the roots? Okay, let's do it. Okay, I like it. it. We're going to the. Let's go. We're going. We're standing up. If you're listening right now, this is no different. We're going Nothing to the avatar trust tree. What this is you, really well written if by my friend Matt Casey there. This is, yeah, Matt Casey and drew this whole you thing. You know I like, like trees. Two days. I mean, you know that. <laughs> and I'm a tree hugger, too. You're, yeah, I mean, you only hug this tree. You are. Okay. I really like to hug trees. No should we just, should I shuffle these up? We got pictures of do. all the different quarterbacks. Trust tree. Trust tree. I know who's going at the top of my trust tree. I know that. Already, right you already I know. I do. Okay. Dak Prescott is by going to the top of the tree. Okay. So if you want to just put him up there and just no get drama. That over with. All right, let's do it. All right, all right. just throw him Hold up on, there. See, you shuffled it up. And I had Dak on that. Over. Here's Dak. You you put him up there. Put him with a cowboy logo. Okay. Cool. Because he'll probably go back to the Cowboys. We don't know that for a fact. I, he I is. I mean, come on. come on. Pay the guy. Pay the guy, all right? And the other thing I want to say is, like, come on. Tom Brady to the Cowboys. Let's calm down. Dak Prescott's better than Tom Brady. Let's just get over that right now. It you doesn't mean about he is that. for a career. Today, yeah. Right now, 2020, that's not a conversation. 
Not a conversation. Dak Prescott's better. Yes. Okay. Trust Let's me. go Tom Brady. Okay. So here's Tom Brady. Yeah. It's a picture. I'll, I don't know what magnet you want to use to attach him, but right. as far as a quarterback, so this is just one. We're just talking who do you trust right now right. and where on the tree do they go? I have trust with Brady still. I mean. So before I continue, just want to add some context. I said Phil Sims. It's Chris Sims. Chris Sims, former NFL quarterback. He's one of the only guys that I actually trust when it comes to being a former NFL quarterback and knowing what I uh, what he talks about. He kind of has this quarterback camp or some whatever it's what I, I don't know what the hell it's called, but he breaks down in the summer quarterback throwing motions. I I really really love his stuff. He's a great he's a great commentator. He's very 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 underrated. I don't think he gets the attention that he deserves. He's he's very very great. So that's why we're listening to him right now and him going through uh, the quarterback trust tree. Usually, if I talk about quarterbacks and if I need to know in depth information about quarterbacks, I go to I go to Christian uh, Chris Sims, even though I constantly get his name wrong. He's still got a live arm, can make all the throws. I think you heard some of my concerns with him towards the end of the year. You know, just the, the, my biggest flaw with him right now and going into 2020 and going to be 43 years old is his willingness to sit in the pocket and take shots, to wait for, okay, here comes a guy open, instead of just throwing a short pass or getting it out of his hands. Will he make that sacrifice to go, you know what, I'm going to get lambasted, but I'm going to throw this 20-yard ball. And that's where I question Tom Brady. So, like, I think right now I'm going to put him like, I'm going to put him in the middle of the tree. Okay. Should I ruin the decorations or should I keep them I on think the you edge? can ruin the down. That's these are not permanent decorations. Yeah, you can ruin those. Okay. All right. I'll leave, I'll That leave seems him rather high. So yeah. he is about I'm trusting him. Yes, I trust him. Okay. I'm, I do. I'm interested now to see who ranks above him. So I here know. we got We'll see. Another quarterback, aging quarterback okay. was in the conversation is who uh who was having the better year last year at So, I'll kind of continue it uh, I'll kind of continue to play it on here in a second. But I've talked about it for the past couple of weeks uh, because everybody has been saying, let's get Dak Prescott out of, out of Dallas and let's get Tom Brady or let's get Dak Prescott out of Dallas and let's get Teddy Bridgewater uh, in, into Dallas. And let me tell you something, man. I've, I've seen a lot of people talk about it. I've seen Dallas Cowboy fans talk about it. I've seen everybody talk. Listen, 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 listen. If you get... Teddy Bridgewater, if you get any of the, I've, I've even seen Dallas Cowboy fans, it blows my mind. I'm like, dude, like, has anybody not, like, researched any of this stuff? Like, come on, come on. Like, some people have said Teddy Bridgewater or Joe Burrow or, like, some people, I even read an article where they were suggesting Trevor Lawrence. Like, when he gets to the league, he's going to be better than Dak Prescott. And I'm like, oh, my God. Do any of you, like, look at their numbers? I know, I know I'm the best video gaming podcast, best sports podcast on the entire internet, but it's like, geez Louise, man. Sometimes it's like, I, I completely forget that I'm operating in no competition. So let, let me break it down to you like this. Uh, every rookie quarterback, watch Joe Burrow. I want him to succeed in the league. It, it Hopefully he succeeds in the league because Cincinnati sucks and he'll be a great addition to a team that sucks in the sense of uh, maybe they'll suck less with Joe Burrow. Just saying. So that's why I kind of want them to get Joe Burrow and why I want him specific. Like, I don't really, like, I don't root against a lot of people. I'm trying to remember who I do, but I don't root against a lot of people. In fact, I don't think I root against 
anybody. Well, I root against the Eagles because I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. But even then, it's like I love a lot of the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles players like Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon Graham. I always say this. I'm like, hey, F- hey, Fletcher. Hey, Brandon. There's always a silver and blue jersey, metallic silver and blue jersey waiting for you in Dallas. We'll make room somehow, some way. You come to Dallas, we'll make room somehow, some way. Malcolm Jenkins, you're not welcome. <laughs> Stay your ass in Philly. We don't want you in Dallas. No, but, um, I, you know, there's some Philadelphia Eagle players that I like. But, you know, I don't root against a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of teams even, right? I want them to be successful, not as successful as Dallas. Like even Desha- I talk about Deshaun Watson, want him to be successful, want Lamar Jackson, want my team, Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys, want the Patriots, all that good stuff. So circling back to Joe Burrow, I'm not saying this because I want him to be unsuccessful. It's just there's a lot of first-round quarterbacks. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes didn't play his first season. Deshaun Watson's team didn't make it to the playoffs, partially because he was hurt. Kyler Murray's team, he had a great overall statistical year, but his team didn't go to the playoffs again. Point being, a lot of first-round draft picks, a lot of second-round draft picks, a lot of quarterbacks with expectations to be franchise quarterbacks. They usually, they don't get to where you want them to be in that first year. They're usually kind of in that adjustment period of going from college to the pros. Think of it like your freshman year, like their freshman year of college. You don't just go into college football and uh, and just... You start slinging it around and you're a great quarterback. Really, you take some time to adjust. You take a year, you take two years, you take three years, and then you're in the game, right? You're in the ballpark. You're where you want to be. That fourth year, that fifth, sixth year, you're starting to get into your prime. You're starting to understand how the game works and you start making better decisions. And that seventh, eighth year, you hit your prime you're as good as you'll ever be, and then past that, you'll you'll start to decline, right? Point is, it takes a little while for quarterbacks to adjust. And I'm not kidding about that timetable at all. Like, seven, eight years for a guy to hit his prime. It's hard to play the quarterback position in the NFL. For some people, I don't think a lot of people understand just how hard it is to play the quarterback position. It's hard, man. Not a lot of guys can do it. And worse yet, not a lot of guys can do it at a high level. So, you know, with that being said, I, I, I would expect Joe Burrow to have a one-to-one touchdown interception ratio. I would be surprised if he had 4,000 yards. Not rooting against the guy. I want him to succeed. It'll make the league better if he succeeds. I, I don't think he's, like, like a lot of people are going to overreact on this. When it comes to Joe Burrow next year, a lot of people are going to say, is he worth a first-round draft pick? And I'm like, no. And I'm going to have to be reiterating this point next year. I'm going to be saying, no. Of course he was worth a a first-round draft pick. You're just overreacting. Like, no, you're wrong. He 1,000% is worth that number one overall. But you're overreacting. Give him a, like, like, it's weird. It's like, everybody's like, I don't get why this guy isn't playing well in his first year. Because he's not supposed to. Like, that's the expectation for most... Like, Peyton Manning had, I think, the most interceptions a rookie can have in his first... Obviously, in his rookie season. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. One of the greatest football players of all time. Give guys time to to develop. Point is... Joe Burrow, he's going to take some time to develop. 
But this whole notion that you can get Teddy Bridgewater and in, in going back to what I was talking about with moving on from Dak Prescott and Dallas and all that good stuff. If you move off of Dak, I said this in a previous podcast. I said, listen, I think he's a top 10 quarterback who's potentially going to be a top five in the next three to four years. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, all of these older guys, they're going to either retire or their play is going to start to slip. And I think Dak Prescott is going to constantly improve, so he'll get better and he'll be able to get to where he needs to be to be in the top five. Now, some people always ask the question, why do you pay a guy who's not the number one at his position when it comes to you know uh, the rankings number one money? Why would you pay Dak Prescott 33, 34, 35 million? Well, look at the quarterbacks who are in the top five, right? You look at Tom Brady, not Tom Brady, maybe um, like, uh, like pa- Patrick Mahomes, right? And this is in no particular order. Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. I'll put Brady in the top 10 because I still think he's a top 10, maybe not top five. Deshaun, Wa- not Deshaun, uh, I already said him. Uh, Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott. Again, that's in no particular order. That's not the rankings that I think. That's just names that I named off the top of my head, right? Most of those guys are Hall of Famers currently. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, Russell Wilson. He's a Hall of Famer. Patrick Mahomes, if he wins another Super Bowl, he's a Hall of Famer. So that's five in the top ten. And then you got the other three odd men out, Deshaun, Dak, and Lamar. Those are all great quarterbacks, to me at least. I think Deshaun Watson is uh, is under-evaluated, is poorly evaluated, because he's not on a good football team. If you want my honest opinion, you take Deshaun off, they're not a playoff team, and it's not even close. You put his ass on the Colts, I think the Colts are a Super Bowl contender. You put his ass in, in Kansas City, I think they're a Super Bowl contender. The issue is, the Texans, they don't have a great offensive line, their running game is inconsistent, and their head coach is a tragedy. Is a tragedy. Then you got Lamar Jackson. I think he's just a young guy. I think he I think he needs time to develop into the NFL system. I think he's going to be a better thrower of the football next year than he was this year. Everybody's freaking out again. Why isn't Lamar Jackson winning playoff games? See, I told you, I told you, I told you after he has the after he's like the number one ranked team in the NFL, after he gains the MVP, I told you he's not a good quarterback. That system doesn't work. Okay, well, what about all of the other 30-something-plus teams that use the, the, the freaking, that, that have quarterbacks that stand in the pocket and don't run? How many of those teams have had other successes? How many, how many of those teams have won a Super Bowl in the past year? I think only two. Kansas City this year, the New England Patriots last year. And really, Patrick Mahomes, he does a lot of running. He's not a runner, but he can run. I was read about Lamar Jackson, even though he won the MVP and had the number one seed in the AFC. All right. All right. Point is, you sign Teddy Bridgewater, you you sign any of these other guys, they're not as good as Dak Prescott. He's going to be a top five quarterback. Everybody keeps on saying, well, let's trade Dak away for two first rounders. Do you realize that if you trade away first two first rounders, you pretty much have a top five guy at his position, right? Like I've heard constantly, let's trade away Dak Prescott for two first rounders. And I'm like, that's, 
That's Khalil Mack. That's the Oakland Raiders trading away Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears. Except if Khalil Mack played his position, played the quarterback position. Like you do realize that's what you're doing with Dak Prescott. I, I just want to make sure that you understand the mistake that you're about to make. So that way people can't say, I can't believe the Dallas Cowboys made that mistake and how much better Dak Prescott is without the Dallas Cowboys. I just want to make sure you understand that. You can't trade away two first rounders. Like everybody was, wasn't surprised when Oakland was terrible because they, uh, they traded away their best players. Why would you be surprised if Dallas trades away their best player, which, by the way, Dak Prescott has to sign the franchise tag, which he would never do because he would give up all of his leverage? It's like, no, he's not going to sign the franchise, nor is Dallas going to trade him away for two first-rounders and Teddy Bridgewater. Like, does anyone not understand how important the quarterback position is? Besides myself, of course. That's why I'm the best damn podcast on the entire internet. People, people always ask me, 24, why are you the best? Because nobody understands how important the quarterback position is. I can tell you who's going to win the Super Bowl right now. I could tell you, I could predict you who is going to win the Super Bowl right now. You give me 32 teams, I will tell you who's going to be in the playoffs and who will not be. I will even be very, very close. Remember this year, at the beginning of the year, I said there are two teams, and I didn't have Lamar in this initially because I didn't think he would be as good as he was this year. But I said initially, I said the Patriots are are the team that I have going to the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship game. It was actually, it was actually hold on, let me pause it because I'm listening to something right now. I had a couple of teams that I thought were going to the Super Bowl. And I said it was going to be uh, Kansas City, the Patriots, the Dallas Cowboys, or the New Orleans Saints. Unfortunately, I was completely wrong in the NFC. But I was right in the in the AFC, at least a little bit. I was like, these teams are going to make it to the AFC Championship game. I said Kansas City and... Um, and uh, in the Patriots, and then I changed that to to the Baltimore Ravens halfway through the season because they were obviously they they went on a hot streak, and I'm like I'm not an idiot. I see what I see. I thought that the Dallas Cowboys would make the playoffs. I thought that the Saints weren't going to lose to Kirk Cousins. I was wrong on both those fronts, but I was right about about the Chiefs. Why was I right about the Chiefs? Because they had Patrick freaking Mahomes. Like what are you what are you doing? Like. Quarterback's the most important position in all of football. Did the freaking Chicago Bears do anything? They got a great defense. They got a great. They got great football players. Did the freaking uh, Vikings do anything this year? Hell no. Hell no. They got smoked by the 49ers. Like, come on. Come on. And you want to try and sell me on a dude, Teddy Bridgewater? Like you do understand, right? If any of these teams get Teddy Bridgewater. Because I don't hear anyone wanting Teddy Bridgewater outside of people who want to move off of Dallas. And I'm like, you do realize, if you move off of Dak Prescott, you do understand, A, you're going to have a quarterback who can't throw over 20 yards. And B, you're going to have to rely on the things that caused you to lose a lot of football games last season. You're going to have to rely on the defense and the run game. And neither one of those were elite. More specifically, they weren't elite when you really needed them to be. Let's listen in on what Chris Sims has to say about Teddy Bridgewater. A few years, so that's where I worry about him, but I do think he's back there. All right, I want to give you this one next then. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy B. Teddy B on your trust tree. Teddy B on my trust tree 
Yeah, this is a good one, and we don't have another Saints one. Try, but he, he I don't think he's going to be on the Saints regardless. Okay. All right? Oh, I don't. And I think if I had to pick a team or anything here, just for now, I'm going to throw the Colts on there, okay? Ooh, okay, yeah. all I'm right. I'm throw the Colts on because I don't think – I think they got to be in what the hell do we do land with Jacoby Brissett. Who you league. liked in the beginning of the year. Yes. I don't think he played that well at the end of the he year. He didn't. I can't defend his play at the end of the year. It was concerning. It really was. I would have said, yeah, the first six, seven, eight weeks, I mean, I think I had him as a top ten quarterback. Yeah. I, I would say he got hurt and came back from that. He was never the same guy. And to where he went down dramatically and did not play well. And if I am the Colts, I am questioning uh, what I do with Jacoby Brissett and what we do. It's funny. You hear a lot of rumors of quarterbacks going to the Colts. And I think Adam Schefter just uh, tweeted out that he was listening to an interview with Melvin Gordon. Yeah. And Melvin Gordon was saying to somebody that uh, he thought that Philip Rivers would end up in Indianapolis Ooh. with the Colts. It wouldn't. It's it interesting, it's right? An interesting take. That is. That is definitely is. I mean, I, I don't think the Colts can go in and just say we're going with Jacoby one more year and we trust that that will work out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go a notch below. Oh, you go Teddy B a notch below. Te yep. Drew Brees. I, and I'll say this. And again, maybe a little more physical talent at this mm -hmm. point of his career. But I still, I'm not going to say he's a better player. Now, sure. I know they went 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, Drew Brees lost three games this year. It was at four, ultimately. Okay, whatever it was, I get that. But also, the game was managed differently when Teddy right. Bridgewater was playing as compared to Drew Brees. I mean, that alone just showed you that he wasn't in the trust tree to the level Drew Brees was. They played differently. They didn't open up the offense fully. So I'm putting him a notch below Drew Brees. You know what's curious, too, and it's sometimes hard right. to separate it, and you say this all the time, it's yeah. hard to separate player from scheme. Yeah, system, right. That's the hard you know. thing about the whole combo. And so I'm wondering, what if, say, you think Teddy is going, uh, say we threw Colts, you know, yeah. just throw that out right. there. Uh, what if you put Drew Brees on the Colts? Who would you trust more on the Colts, Brees or Bridgewater? Ooh. You, you get Drew, you don't give him Sean Payton anymore, that same system. It's a new situation for him. Yeah, that becomes a little bit of a different conversation. Okay. It does. That's a very good question because, yeah, Frank Reich is going to want his quarterback to push the ball down the field, throw the ball outside the numbers, all the things I worry about with him. And, yes, if it came to that, then, okay, yeah, I might balance it out hmm. just a little bit more to where, yeah, it might be even or it's right. like Drew Brees by, like, a millimeter. Sure. I mean, yes. You get rid of some of that advantage. Well, with it's... all the hard thumping questions. I know, that. right back from vacation. Who the hell are First you? day, I've been thinking. Well, you've been. Okay, there you go. That's his take on Teddy Bridgewater. By the way, uh, right now, just saying Chris Sims has Dak Prescott pretty much off the chalkboard. They're they're pretty much sticking photos of players on magnets, team magnets. So they have like the Colts as a team magnet, the Saints, the Patriots, and the Cowboys. Dak is on the top of the tree above Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Not saying that his career is better than them, but saying currently he's better. Uh, and um, Tom Brady, <coughs> second highest on the trust tree, then Drew Brees, then Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. There's only four guys on it. They got more guys. It's a 25-minute video. I won't play every bit of it. But he can't push the ball down the field. Teddy Bridgewater cannot push the ball down the field. And like Chris Sims was saying, listen, like Drew Brees, if he was going to the Saints, and he was specifically talking about uh, his assistant or his, uh, his I don't know, I don't know who he is, the, the other guy. He was talking about what happens if you would switch Drew Brees and and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who would fare better? 
Well, Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0 with the Saints. The scheme fit him better. Drew Brees would go to Frank Wright. He likes to push the ball down the field. You put the ball in harm's way. And again, Chris Sims worries more about Drew Brees in that era. I, like, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't worry that much about Drew Brees, but I, I think Drew would still be better than Bridgewater, significantly, I might add, uh, if he went to the Colts over the Saints. But that's just, that's just my opinion. We'll, we'll continue with the video here. On. Let's go taste some hill then. Oh, let's, let's go all three of them together. Okay. Here. You can't separate. Them. I mean, listen, if this was a potential tree, this dude would be way up top. But right now, it's called the freaking trust tree, all right? And as much as I love his potential and think he's like special that way, I, I can't say that I trust him more than Drew Brees or a Tom Brady, and of course, not a Dak Prescott. So, like, all right, where am I going to throw Taysom Hill? Just because I'm what looking. logo are you going to give? I'm going to throw him the Bears on there. Oh, I don't know why. I'm just <laughs> don't hold me to this. Yeah, we need something to hold these guys up for we the do. trust tree. But that is intriguing. I'm going to put him, I think, a smidgen below Teddy B. So he's the lowest on your trust tree so, so far. far. So far, again, if it was a potential tree, he'd be way. I mean, up. how can you trust him, right? Exactly. He's thrown I don't even how know many what he career passes. Exactly right. He's I mean, got it's talent. Less than Twenty, maybe. Although here's know. the thing: if you are a team out there and you might say, "Okay, we think he can be a a game-changing quarterback," and say if that doesn't work out, not many players where you have a backup plan. Right, not many quarterbacks where you have a backup plan. No, you can say, okay, he wasn't the quarterback that we thought, but I'll tell you what, he's a very valuable offensive player for us. I, I think with what Lamar Jackson did this past year, I think a lot of teams are going to be open to, ooh, we need to add. This would be a nice element to add to our offense, and also they'll look at the Saints and just go, man, that was a nice little wrinkle they gave you every week, yeah. having to deal with that, especially late in the year. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a great backup player, not only as a quarterback and the talent that way, but you can do things that are outside the box as far as offense is concerned. You think that's what happens? A team will go to him and say, hey, we're going right. to give you every chance to win the job. Yep. And come in and try to compete for it. I think i oh, got to no, move these up. I saw your eyes. Well, you, were, you were, like, second-guessing yourself make sure for a second. So, there's his whole spiel about Taysom Hill. Now, I also think that, I, like, he, act, he, he just pulled up the Bears – he said, don't hold me to that. Listen, I think that would be a very, very intriguing matchup. Not matchup, but um, match. Taysom Hill to the Bears. Because everybody keeps on saying Cam Newton to the Bears. Right? Taysom Hill, he, he plays very, very similarly to Cam Newton. He has a similar arm to Cam Newton. He has a similar play style to Cam Newton. And he like he got hurt a lot in college, which is I think he was undrafted. Taysom, he plays a lot like Cam, and he doesn't come with the downside. The downsides, the, the the obvious ones. He may not necessarily be the great quarterback that you would think he is, but he doesn't come with the initial downsides that you would expect a uh, Cam Newton to have. Injury prone, maybe not as developed as a quarterback as you would think. Things of that nature. Like everybody went Google and Gaga for for Mitchell Trubisky when he initially came out. I have I don't I didn't understand it then. I didn't understand it why he wasn't uh, why he why he was overvaluated in my opinion. I mean right now to be honest with you he's almost a bust. So I don't I don't get the whole Mitchell Trubisky thing. I don't I don't get why they drafted him. But they apparently love dual threat quarterbacks in Chicago. That's the thing that they want to try and go for. Not necessarily a a actual quarterback that can throw the dang on football. Just saying, maybe you want to get a quarterback that can throw and run. 
I know that's a dual threat quarterback, but usually throwing the football is kind of the first the first thing. You kind of want somebody to be a little bit more mobile. I don't know. Maybe you would have drafted the guys that were literally in the draft that the, uh, I think his name is John Fox, the former head coach of the Chicago Bears, the guy that was actually the head coach during the Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes draft. Maybe you, you get one of those two guys and maybe you actually start winning football games instead of drafting a guy who can't throw the football down the field like uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. So um, I really, really like Taysom Hill going to Chicago in the sense of low risk, low uh, high reward type of package. You don't really have to spend a lot when it comes to trading. And um, you can always go back into the draft and tank because you're probably going to suck next year, if you're honest with you. If I'm, on, if I'm honest with you, I'm like, you're probably going to suck. And uh, you'll know midseason if Taysom Hill can, can deliver you from evil and maybe you, maybe you, you do something. I don't know. Good one up next. Here we go. Ryan Tannehill. This is Chris Sims again talking about quarterbacks that are that he trusts. Dak Prescott, by the way, is the highest. <laughs> Taysom Hill is the lowest. He's high, Dak Prescott is higher than Tom Brady and Drew Brees when it comes to trust. Why is he higher than both those guys? Because they're old. That's why. Stop pretending like they're in their 30s. They're 40-year-old quarterbacks. They're old. Bridgewater. And that's why I say I guess I trust him just a hair more than I do a Teddy B. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's scary at this point of his I'm career. I'm very interested in this next one. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill. Ooh. Ryan Tannehill, who Ooh. you look at some of the numbers, there was not a quarterback that was throwing the ball downfield more, throwing the ball downfield more effectively than Ryan Tannehill, the comeback player of the year. His numbers and play are much better than people realized when he was with the Dolphins, too. If people went back and broke it down, you'd go, damn. It was a little better win-loss numbers, not that much talent around him. Sure. Talk about pass protection. I mean, can anybody name an offensive lineman on the Dolphins other than Laramie Tunzel the last five or six years? Probably not. So those are things I look at. I'm putting him a smidgen above the guy he beat in the playoffs. We have a new number two. Number two would be Ryan Tannehill right, right now. Right above Tom Brady. Yep. And Drew Brees. Yep, he is. I'm going with number two. I mean, decision-making, accuracy, um, Accuracy downfield and explosive pass plays and pass attempts is as good as anybody in football. I mean, his last seven or eight weeks, I, you know, again, it's not a career ranking. This is no. what we think they will be in 2020. I don't give a damn what you did in 2006. It just it has no relevance now. I'm sorry. It has relevance when we talk about Hall of Fame and career and legacy and things like that. But for right now, what we're doing, no, it has no relevance to me. So there was some some debate at, you know, second half of the year in Dallas whether, you know, beginning of the year it was Dak Prescott throwing up huge numbers and was like, he's the guy. He's the guy yeah, for him. Right. Uh, maybe there was some doubt at the end of the year. How close is Ryan Tannehill to Dak Prescott? Yeah, I, I, you know, I still think Dak has a significant edge there to me. I mean, you know, not to where I just, I don't want to say head and shoulders above it, yeah. but there's a clearly a notch to me as far as Dak Prescott and then to Ryan Tannehill. The talent is there, everything I like that. I get it, but Dak Prescott's been pretty damn consistent, a great leader, and a lot of things to like about him being the franchise quarterback. The guy who Dak or who uh, Ryan Tannehill yeah. beat out. Mm. It's funny. It's like I don't even have to say anything. I completely agree with that. I don't agree. Right? Like he he talks about Miami. And he talks about, you know what, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. Talked about how it's hard to evaluate Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson doesn't have an offensive line. 
Ryan Tannehill, he doesn't have an he didn't have an offensive line in Miami. I looked at his numbers; his numbers were pretty bad. I don't want to be that much of a jackass. All right, I'll you know I'll, I'll give him some credit. I'm still I'm still holding out on him. I'm still holding out. Not I'm not trusting him. But that's all I'll say on Ryan Tannehill. I would want to see him play a full season. And I said it again. I said, hey, uh, can we stop crowning him? Can we stop saying he's a great quarterback before he plays a full season? I know he almost did, but can, come on. Play full season, then I'll, then we'll talk. He's been in the league for 10 years. First good season. I get it. He's on a good team. I should have added that context in because that makes me sound like, like a liar. First time he's on a good team, but still. I've seen Kyler Murray do it. I've seen Kyler Murray have... A good season while being on a terrible team, but you know. Ryan Tannehill. We'll see what happens with him. Marcus Mariota. Right. Uh oh. Ooh ooh. Could we have our first uh, branch without. I don't know. That's right. on it. Yeah, he could go down here by the ladder on I the know. bottom of the see. tree. Where, he could go down where there. Where would we put him here? I don't know what to do. I'm going to put him on the Bengals for now. Okay. I don't even know where to go with him. Okay? okay. Since we don't have enough magnets, but. Yeah, I'm putting him below. He's on a branch with no leaves. I am. If you're listening to the audio version only, he is on a branch with no leaves. He's a little lower than the. Yep, he is. He's hoping for a little foliage down here, but he's not getting there (laughs) yet. Sorry, he didn't grow that low yet. Yeah. Um, he's an inch. What an interesting player, right? Right, is an interesting player. He really is. Comes out of college, seems like he has first of all the makeup, the character. Everyone Mm -hmm. loves him. Good guy. Uh, Comes out, seems to have the talent. Mobile can throw. Right. And then it just, for whatever reason, hasn't worked out. And then you see it in Tennessee where you say, well, maybe it's just the situation's very tough for any quarterback. Yeah. And then Ryan Tannehill does what he does. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, that, that's to me where I get scared of. Right, so, Mariota, you hit all the things right. I mean, great guy, super talented in a lot of ways. Goes back to the category, I think you've heard me say this before, where I go, is he a quarterback who's a good athlete or an athlete who plays quarterback? And to me, that's the difference. This guy... Tannehill. is a quarterback who's a good athlete. This guy is an athlete who they said, let's play at quarterback. Mm-hmm. All right, that, that's to me the difference right there. I mean, Mariota, hey, let's not, I mean, you know, he didn't play this year, but living into this year, he was in Jameis Winstonville as far as turnovers are concerned. And then his ability to not consistently hit NFL open receivers is really concerning to me. I mean, yeah. really concerning to me. So that's really, I think, the ultimate reason I just put him uh, a notch low. And here. all quarterbacks take time, but he's had time. A, he's had time. He's as, had time. As, as a top pick, the time former, excuse is gone. Former top pick, he's had time. Exactly already. right. Exactly right. Uh, another top pick, Jameis Winston. We'll just go right with, uh, right with Jameis. Damn. I agree. We'll kind. Of, I'll, I'll kind of play the. Uh, I don't want to say like I agree. I'll. Kind of just play the uh, the rest of maybe not the rest, but I mean he's gonna go Jameis Winston. It, it's Jameis is Jameis had thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions. He's untrustworthy. Some of this is stuff. Some of this stuff is kind of obvious. Some of it I don't really care that much. Uh, he said that he's gonna be back in Tampa Bay. I kind of agree with that in the sense of uh, Tampa Bay is they they said they want to keep him. They said they want him. I I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't get it. Let me try and find, sorry, let me try and find where he talks about Cam. All right, he says Andy Dalton is going to the Oakland Raiders. 
I don't know. I mean, a- Andy Dalton, I I don't really care that much about. If I'm if I'm honest with you, who's the next guy that he has? Oh, Matt Stafford. Oh, okay. Then then he has Cam Newton. Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. Games here. Man, you have room on your tree. You've I done do. a good job. Thank you. Uh, Matt Stafford. There were Ooh. rumors while you were on vacation that the Lions were shopping him. They have tried to shoot down those rumors now that he's available. Oh, Matt Stafford, and then I'm just trying to think about positioning my tree here. Oh, okay. and then you got Cam Newton oh, after that. Oh, damn, yeah. okay. So you got Stafford and Cam Newton. Okay. So here's Matt Stafford. May not be available, but if he is, you know, they do have the number three pick, and they could take a quarterback with that pick, and then who They're knows? not letting go of I Matt would, Stafford. I don't think would so. Would you let go Matt, Patricia, Bob Quinn, your job's on the line this year. Right. Let's roll the dice and bring in a young guy. And whether we don't know if he can play or do it, but like that's not. Well, happening. you know me. Matt Stafford's my second favorite player of all time in the NFL. This is, in, in my mind, this is one of the most underrated players in football the last six, seven years. I mean, it is. He was top, borderline top five quarterback last year before he got hurt. I mean, he's definitely top ten. So. You know, health is the only thing where you go, ooh, I, I don't know if I trust Matt Stafford. Now, people, oh, I don't know if he can stay healthy. Well, listen, guys like this don't stay healthy when you play on a team that couldn't protect him for the first eight years of his career. Of course you don't stay healthy when you got the shit kicked out of you for eight years. I mean, that's what people don't realize sometimes. You know, I hear that, you know, and I yeah. just want to get And he has stayed fair. pretty – actually, he has stayed pretty healthy. Career-wise, yeah. he has. It's just the last two years has caught up to him. But I yep. am going to throw him – just, I want him to be just above Ryan Tannehill. Just so he's to have number two. The only one higher is Dak Prescott. The only one higher is Dak Prescott. That's and that's right. health. If you knew that Matt Stafford was going to be healthy next year in 2020, yeah. he'd go above Dak. Mm. Yeah, I would be thinking about it for That'd sure. Be close. Yeah, I, I, I really probably would. If you gave me the bill of like, we're guaranteeing he, they're both healthy, yeah. I would probably make him number one. Yes, or yeah. maybe this freaking guy. What would you do? Out. What would you do, real quick, if you're yeah. the Lions, though? Because that is the question, right? You yeah. Do, you do have because eventually Matt Stafford, he's not old, yeah. but he's closer to the end than right. he is to the beginning. Obviously, you have the number three pick. Uh, Stafford's 32 years old. You got Tua, who might be out there. Who sure. knows? Yeah. Joe Burrow may be there if he doesn't want to go to Cincinnati. I mean, another team will probably trade up for him. But you do have some intriguing quarterback yeah, there, prospects. Yeah, there's some out options. There. You're right. There's options. I just. Um, I, I don't think you're panicking about a guy that's 32 years old quite yet. And they have to win now, like you said. Yeah, and then exactly right. you got to take that into account. I mean, no, Martha Ford's not going to look at, like, Matt Patricia at the end of the year and go, well, I know you drafted a quarterback at number three, so yeah. your, your 4-12 and 12 record's excused. Sure. They're not. She's going to go, you're fired. So, you know, this is the guy that gives them the best chance, and this is still one of the better quarterbacks in football when healthy. Final one. Oh, baby. Cam Newton on the trust tree. Ooh. Gonna pause right there. Had an interesting idea. What happens if they don't believe in Matt Stafford? What happens if they say to themselves, we don't trust Matthew Stafford at all. We want to get rid of him. We don't think he's that good of a quarterback. I don't have him in my top 10. I think I would rather put Kyler Murray in front of Matthew Stafford right now. I'm not going to lie to you. But let's say that's that's the thing. They don't. Uh, the, the Detroit Lions, they're like, he's been playing for 10 plus years. He's not that good. All right, we've seen enough of Matthew Stafford. Let's move off of him. Where does he go? What are you going to do with him? Wouldn't it be interesting if the New England Patriots, they went out and they got Matthew Stafford? Wouldn't it be interesting 
if the New England Patriots traded, went up and traded with the Detroit Lions and got Matthew Stafford. Somehow, some way, they offered him. They offered uh, maybe Kenny Galladay. Not Kenny Galladay. They offered um, the Patriots. They would offer maybe like a pick and a player. So first round draft pick. Uh, I'll throw in, you know, maybe a running back. Who who do they need? I think they need a running back. All right, Sony Michelle. All right, we'll, we'll give you Sony. You know, Matt Patricia has been trying to do this thing where he gets Patriot players because nobody buys into his system at all whatsoever. It's funny. It's like when people go to New England and they go to Bill Belichick's system, they buy into that. But when they go to his system, when they go to Matt Patricia's system, it's like, nope, we don't believe you. And he has to bring in former Patriots like Danny Amendola, LeGarrette Blunt, and uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Trey Flowers because he's like, nobody, nobody likes my system. Nobody wants to be in my system. Wouldn't it be interesting, though, if they traded away Matthew Stafford to the Patriots, Billy B did him a solid, gave him maybe a first-round draft pick and a player or two on defense, maybe Deontay Hightower, maybe they, they probably won't move off of Gilmore, but maybe a linebacker or a defensive lineman and a safety Maybe uh, maybe McCourty. Well, McC- they, Bill Bill likes McCourty, but one of the McCourties, the 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 cornerback, not the safety. You go out and you get one of these guys, and you give them to Detroit. Detroit gives you Stafford, and Tom, not Tom, but Bill's like, let's let's go play football. Wouldn't that be an interesting little change to the situation? I'm trying to tell you, man. Billy B, he's sneaky. Oh, baby. Picking a logo is kind of interesting. It is kind of interesting. Do I go with Carolina or do I pick the Chargers or something like that? That's the big question. Just do the Chargers. Just okay, fine. Fun. We'll do it for funsies. Because then, then when we tweet this picture out or we put it on Instagram, people go, what do you mean he's going to the Chargers? Damn. All yeah. right. All right, so I want it to be noted here. Yeah. I'm going to put Cam Newton. You're moving Stafford, but not just, up or down, just a little just higher. Just maybe a little higher, Okay. Let Still just, not above Dak. Nope. Dak's staying at number one, so I can promise you that, okay? Uh-huh. And I'm just going to move Cam Newton. I want Cam Newton to be known that it's slightly above Ryan Tannehill, uh-huh. but below Matthew Stafford. So let's move Tannehill down as, uh, as Andy Our pets' Dalton. heads are falling off. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And, okay, so people might say, uh, Cam, I love Cam Newton. I think you know that. He's the, the He's man. third. Another guy where I would go... Really, the stats will never tell you how great the player is. Now, the reason I would probably just put him a little below Stafford is I go, his game is a little bit more dependent on his physical ability to run and take hits and things like that. And I haven't seen him play the other way. So even though a totally healthy where I could argue and go, mm, Cam right. might be better than Matt Stafford, I think that part of it bothers me just a little. That's but I why. Think, I mean, that health thing is a huge It's a real thing with him more so, than the other guys. I, I would, If you said who are you going to take in 2020, I would, even though I don't think Tom Brady obviously is what he was before, yeah. I would trust Tom Brady. You would trust Tom more? Over Cam. Yeah, just the health thing is so, yeah. it's, it seems like such an unknown. I, 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 it is. Cam. It's a big unknown. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's played the last two years with injuries and it hasn't played well. 
I'm I'm just betting right now in February of 2020 <laughs> that the Adonis will yeah. get his body back sure. the right way and be ready to roll. And he wants to prove that too. All right, here's your trust tree. Here's your avatar trust tree. Are you happy with how it turned out? I think I am. That only, was that was tough. Only one guy singled out not being Damn, on, Marcus, on the Marcus, I'm sorry, Marcus man. Mariota. I didn't mean to put you on the bark. All right, <clears throat> good stuff. From Chris Sims, that wasn't even that like that wasn't even uh, like planned or scheduled. I was just like, I just want to look up a Chris Sims video. I'm not like I'm like I'm not gonna lie to you. I just want to look up a video and uh, see what's going on. Like his like his his uh, his takes a lot. His content, his analysis. I don't know. I'm not a football court. I'm not. I haven't played football ever. I'm like, I gotta have somebody that I. Everybody on these freaking shows and stuff like that. They have guys that they can go to and things of that nature. I'm like I gotta get one guy myself. I'm I'm rooting. For, I'm I'm going for Chris Sims. It's not like I actually have him on the podcast. I just play his audio clips from YouTube, and that's that's as far as I'll probably ever go to have Chris Sims on the podcast. Moving on. <clears throat> oh yeah, during that little short segment, they uh they said that they were going that uh what's his name during an interview. Melvin Gordon, running back for the Chargers, said that Philip Rivers may go to the Colts. Uh, the OC of the Colts was from the Chargers, and Frank Wright, head coach of the of the uh, of the Colts, he was also from the Chargers as well. I could see it. My only issue is, is like, what do they expect him to do? Do they want him to throw the football down the field, or do they like? Do they want him to show throw the foot the the short pass? Excuse me, because. If I'm honest with you, I don't really trust Philip Rivers that much. I know he's got a couple of years left, but it's like, is it top 10 quarterback good years or is it just like good years for him as an older player type of years, you know? Because a lot of quarterbacks, they're now starting to play until 40. Like, how old is Philip Rivers? He's probably going to be like in his late 30s, early early 40s when he retires. Because he's like, I want to play for two more years. He's 38, so he wants to play until he's 40. That may be a stretch. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm like, that may be a stretch. Depending on if he can have a comeback year next year, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. But he's he's got he's got some tread on the tires, and he's got excuse me, he doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires. He's worn out. Uh, maybe he'll be able to come back and play great. Maybe not. We'll see. Hopefully he does. I'm not rooting against him. I actually like him a lot, but you know, I mean, we'll see. Anything else I got for you? Yeah, I do. I got an NFL mock draft. Before I get into the mock draft, I don't know. I, I talked about uh, Philip Rivers going to the Colts and stuff like that. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he won't. Uh, sometimes some of this stuff I'm not that informed about, so I don't really have a strong opinion either way. Sometimes I'm not that invested in it. Do they, I think the more important question to ask is, do they win with Phillip Rivers? And I think they even said it on, on the, the video that I played, it was kind of buried underneath all that stuff. It's like, do you, do you have an up, is Phillip Rivers an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett? No, he turns the, uh, yeah, yeah, no, 
Well, didn't I have Jacoby's numbers? He played terribly, man. I thought he was going to have a breakout season, too. 18 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 2,942 yards, 60% completion percentage. I, Man. I said this about Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm like, he's he's been in the league for six years. Jacoby's been in the league for four years. Like, he should be better. He should be better. He should be way better than what he is now. If, of course, he's going to play in this league long term. If, you know, again, we'll we'll see. But um, he's almost 28 years old, man. And he's, he's got to play better. He's got to play better. If he wants to win, um, I'll, I'll do the XFL roundup. Then I'll do my uh, my mock draft, and then I'll kind of end the podcast. What's the XFL roundup? Not the, well, not what it is, but I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm I'm out of my mind. I'm sorry. I'm tired. Anyways. <clears throat> The XFL had a pretty good weekend. Saturday, New York versus D.C. Didn't I cover? I covered most of this yesterday, actually. I feel like I don't need to cover it, but I'll cover it again. New York versus D.C. D.C. won by 27 points. New York didn't score a point. Tampa Bay versus Seattle. Nobody cares. Dallas versus L.A. Literally a snooze fest because I fell asleep watching the football game and I decided, you know what? This sleeping is more uh, beneficial for my time than watching this P.O.S. Then finally... Seattle, or not Seattle, St. Louis versus Houston. Great game, 28-24, to probably the best game of the season. P.J. Walker, it doesn't seem like he had a great game. He did. His team just let him down. Guys were dropping passes left and right. I think at this point in the season, he's probably the best quarterback to get a shot at potentially playing in the NFL, and I was talking about this all yesterday and on Saturday. Specifically yesterday when I was watching P.J. Walker. I said, listen. If I'm one of these teams with one of these quarter, if I'm the Colts, for example, if I'm if I'm one of these teams and I got shot, I'm gonna say, hey, PJ, he's as traditional as it gets. He's a three-step, five-step, seven-step drop back quarterback. Like Joe Montana. He plays West Coastian. He is as West Coast as it gets. He goes through his reads, his progressions. He doesn't take a lot of sacks. He just throws the football to the guy in the flat every single time. The throws aren't there. He doesn't take a lot of time, and he can make a lot of plays moving. He, it's, he's, he is very, very interesting to watch because he is incredibly developed at a court, as a quarterback. He's incredibly accurate. I've very, very rarely seen him. I remember I was counting the times that he had off footballs. I think in the last two games, he's only thrown three bad balls. A lot of his incompletions have come from dropped passes or stupid things like that. Like I saw Nick Hawley, one of his best receivers, trip over the over the turf or over his own feet. Wide open. Like it happens where you throw bad footballs, but Jesus Christ, some of the some of the times that his receivers were dropping passes literally right through their hands. If I'm one of these NFL teams, I'm like, hey, Nick Hawley, not Nick Hawley, excuse me, uh, PJ Walker, try out with us, see what's going to happen, see what's going on. That's it for uh, the wrap-up for the week. <laughs> that took like two seconds. Week three, Houston versus Tampa Bay, Dallas versus Seattle, New York versus St. Louis, D.C. versus L.A. 
Great opener, great closer. Um, Actually, I kind of like this week. Uh, You have Houston and Tampa Bay, a team that I like and a team that I hate. Dallas versus Seattle. I'm not watching that football game. I don't like either one of those teams. New York versus St. Louis. I will watch that game. And I will also watch D.C. against L.A. Pretty good football games all around. And then the week after that, we won't cover the week after that. Point is, week three out of 10, XFL still going on strong. They got 12 weeks because they uh, they play they have playoff games. They have the playoffs April 18th and April 19th. And then they have the championship game April, excuse me, April 26th. So there you go. talk about the draft. Nope. Before I talk about the draft, let me talk about Dallas's strength of schedule here. Let me see it. <clears throat> so, Dallas has right now the third easiest schedule in the league. Third easiest. <laughs> third easiest. The average teams that they're going up against are under 500, 4.59, or excuse me, 0.459 is the average of all the teams that they are going to face off against this year. On top of the divisional rivals, which Dallas has always dominated against, and by dominated, I mean it's not even close. Like If you look at all of their games besides that one Philadelphia game that Dak Prescott was hurt and Amari Cooper was hurt, they pretty much dominated every single divisional game going back to last year where they barely lost to Washington because Brett Maher can't hit a field goal. I know that they moved the ball back and that was on the referee's fault, but still, you got to hit the dang on field goal. They've only lost two divisional games in the last two years. So, will they lose two divisional games next year? I don't think so. I think, I I always kind of plot out that they'll lose divisional games, but if what I think happens this offseason happens this offseason, I don't don't think they'll lose a whole lot of football games. Wait, is this a, oh, this is an updated four-round projection. Okay, that's why it's not pages. Okay, my bad. Going back to Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. The teams that they will play up against this year. Arizona, Atlanta, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. And San Francisco. Those are their home games. Let me repeat myself. Those are their home games. Okay, so let's just just think about this critically. So you're going to have... Four easy wins, potentially at home. Potentially. Like, potentially, as in, like, probably. You're going to have four easy wins at home. Arizona, Atlanta, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. I love me some Kyler Murray, but who the hell is protecting him and who is he throwing the football to? If Dallas, like, and I say this literally, if Dallas does, like, 1% better on defense next year 
they'll go to the playoffs easily because the defense they did nothing nothing I'm, I'm like I'll take anything the defense did nothing they they were like ranked 30 they were like they were pretty much bottom of the league in turnovers they barely stopped people they couldn't tackle the DBs couldn't cover it was god awful literally they, they kept getting the football ran on them they had no pride they had no guts Leighton Van Der Esch got hurt he has a neck injury that's genetic so he may have to live with his entire career with that neck injury he kind of had a sophomore slump because even when he was playing he was still kind of bad but then you focus specifically on the offense who's going to stop Dallas offensively with Dak Prescott I'll wait. Because you got Amari. You got Tavon. Not Tavon. You got Michael. Because Tavon's gone. Uh, You got Michael. You got Amari. You got Randall. And then worse yet, you can draft a guy this offseason. Some people are going to say, well, don't you have already enough wide receivers 24? You got three. This is a deep wide wide receiver draft. You can get a guy who probably should have been a, a first or a second in the second or third round. And really, once, like, if we look at the draft class, man, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I'm saying, damn, like, we draft offensively better than we draft defensively. Like, our returns on the offensive side of the football have 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 just absolutely dominated the returns that we've gotten on the defensive side of the football. They're playing against, again, Arizona, Atlanta, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Who has a good secondary? Who can stop the run? And they play up. I know they also play up against San Francisco. I'll count that as a loss. But I'll take four or five home games that aren't being played in the division. These are these are out of divisional games. 4 out of 5. I'll take the check. I'll take the check and I'll go home. I'll pay the price. I'll pay the fight. I'll pay the fight. I'll pay the price, excuse me, for this feast that Dallas is about to put on Arizona, Atlanta, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Cuz who can stop three guys? Who can stop the run? Who, if, if Blake Jarwin has the year that I think he'll have, I forgot about Blake. If Blake Jarwin has the year that they have, and I keep hearing this, I keep hearing Dallas may draft Thaddeus Moss. Randy Moss's son had a pretty good year this year. If they go after him, I wish I might. I might. I wish you would. I wish you would say Dallas is in a playoff team. I wish they would say Dallas is in a playoff team this year. If people say Dallas is, a, is in a playoff team next year and they put Philly, I'm going to lose. I'm. I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump, and I'm going to, I'm going to freaking pounce, man. I'm like, I'm going to pounce on them like an African, like a lion pounces on a wounded gazelle in the African Serengeti. It's going to be a straight up mauling. It's going to be like something as horrible. It's going to be like a freaking episode of, 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 of killers in the wildlife on National Geographic or something graphic like that. I don't know. Those are the home games, easy layup type of games. 
Arizona, Atlanta, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Then you got San Francisco. That's going to be a hard game to win. But if you win that, and, and I haven't even talked about the divisional games, but I'll talk about the divisional games in a second. Arizona, Atlanta, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, uh, San Francisco. You win four or five, I wish I might. But then you look at the away games. And it's like, what? wait a second. <laughs> I'm starting to feel myself. <laughs> I'm starting to feel myself. You got Baltimore, you got Cincinnati, you got Los Angeles, you got Minnesota, you got Seattle. All right. You got some tough games. You got Baltimore, you got Minnesota, you got Seattle. But then you got Cincinnati and then you got Los Angeles. Trust you me, I think Dallas may want to go back to Los Angeles and enact vengeance upon them. Cincinnati, Los Angeles. I think those are two wins right there. But then you look at Baltimore, Minnesota, Seattle. I don't mind taking some of those L's. So that's six wins. And by the way, that's conservative. Because I think that we, I, I think depending on how good Lamar can play in Baltimore, depending, I, I, I think Seattle, I think not Seattle, Minnesota's an easy win. I still question who the hell the Seahawks offensive line is. But we'll see. We're going to play them for the fourth time in like three years. So these are two teams that, very much know each other. We'll see. We'll see. I'll take two of five on the road. I'll probably, to be honest with you, take three of five on the road. So in the division, excuse me, out of the division, you're going to play 10 games. I think Dallas is probably going to win somewhere close to seven. Now, I like to give room for Dallas to breathe In the NFC East. I said Dallas has only lost two games in the division. I think they'll lose two games in the division this year. Conservatively. These are my conservative estimates. They may change going forward. Depending on if Dak Prescott is the quarterback. Which I doubt. Uh, I doubt they won't get the deal done. They 1000% should. It's like, do you want to win? Hey, Jerry, you kept on saying you're, you don't you don't get hand cramps when you write checks. You want to win football games. You sign your multi-million dollar quarterback. Recognize he's going to be top five within the next three to four years. Recognize his contract is not going to be that bad. You should have signed him now. You didn't sign him now. Get his ass signed now. You got a couple of weeks until free agency and then it's going to be a clusterfuck. But then you look at the the divisional games. You look at Washington. First year head coach, first year, uh, second year quarterback. You look at the same thing with New York. First year head coach, second year quarterback. I love that combination for Dallas. They're kind of, Washington seems like it's in a rebuild. So does the Giants a little bit. Because some of their guys are moving off of left and right. Like, who's going to cover Amari? I don't think anyone in the division can cover Amari one-on-one. And you need to cover Amari because, like, weirdly enough, Dallas has gotten some great pieces in the last couple of years. First, they got Dak and Zeke. Okay, now you have to stop the run. So they got to get some run stoppers. And then on top of that, teams were like, let's get some run games ourselves because the running, uh, we see what happens when, when you have a run game because Dallas has been able to dominate the division with the run game. So that's why you saw, uh, what's his what's his name? Jordan Howard? No, that's, he, he's he's in Chicago. What's his name? 
Miles Sanders. You saw Miles Sanders in Philadelphia. You saw Darius. You see Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson in Washington. Washington. You see Saquon Barkley in New York. They're trying to copy Dallas because they understand. Oh my goodness, the run game. The run game works well in the NFC East. But then Dallas went out and they pulled a fast one. Everybody laughed at them when they got Amari Cooper for a first round draft pick. And look at what happened. Went to the playoffs first year, ten and six. Won a playoff game. Now it's like, who do we have to cover Amari? Not a lot of guys. There's not a shutdown corner in in the division that can cover Amari. So who are you who are you going to take? Who are you going to put on Amari? And then you got to worry about Gallup. Then you got to worry about Cobb, and then you may have to worry about Blake Jarwin. If they can find a way to create some synergy and get it consistently going on the road and at home, we're talking about one of the most high-powered offenses in the league. We're talking top five. Top five. Talking top five easily. Easily. And they got one of the easiest schedules in the league. It's going to be interesting. I thought Dallas's schedule was pretty easy last year. They play out. I, I mean, really, it's going to be this year. It's going to be a little bit harder when it comes to the, to the division because I think the division got a little bit better with some of the hirings, specifically with Ron Rivera, not with Joe Judge. But I think this year, the and by the way, with some of the quarterbacks that they drafted first year guys, I always talk about how easy it is to beat first year uh, quarterbacks because they're first year quarterbacks and they're not very experienced and they're not very good in the opening year, but we'll see what happens next year, of course. But I look now at the division, I'm like two second year quarterbacks, a guy in Ron Rivera who has a lot of coaching experience, great head coach, he's going to get Chase Young, we'll talk about Chase Young and other guys coming up in the draft in a couple of minutes, but you want to tell me? NFC East doesn't get a little bit harder. You don't tell me that the NFC East, there is no team that the NFC East loves more to beat up on than the Philadelphia Eagles. Trust you me. Philly's going to get an ass whooping next, next year. And boy, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Final topic of the day. We will go through all four rounds in the draft this is a mock draft i don't know who who's mock luke Estern lee easterling i wanted more than one draft more than one uh not more than one draft more than one round so this is why i picked this one because it's four rounds <clears throat> so we're gonna just read off the uh the first round and i'll talk about some of the draft picks and things of that nature and then we'll close out the podcast leaning back in my pillow or in my chair, my pillow just fell down. I'm going to put it back on my face and we'll talk about some of these guys that are that are going to be projected in this mock uh, in this mock draft. Now, the thing with mock drafts that people need to understand first and foremost, free agency happens before the draft. So you could address some of your issues that you need to address, of course, in the mock, not in the mock draft, but in free agency. Which is why, you know, mock drafts are kind of dangerous to follow because you may get a key piece that you didn't expect in free agency. 
So when you get that key piece, it's like, oh, okay, you know, I don't need, I don't need this player that I had high on my board. We'll, we'll go to someplace else. We'll go to another player. We'll go to another guy, right? Because we addressed it in free agency. We got a good player. We signed him his money. Let's go play football. Well, just, just in case if things change is what I'm trying to say. Things can always change. Here we go. Obviously, number one, Joe Burrow. Quarterback LSU to the Cincinnati Bengals. Number two, Washington Wedge. Uh, I was about to say, oof, the uh, the racial slur. I tried just to say wa- the Washington uh, team, excuse me. Washington will select Chase Young. Detroit will su- select Jeff O. Okadu, Ohio State cornerback. I'm betting the Lions would love to move down from this spot, and with plenty of quarterback needy teams like to be tar- likely to be targeting Alabama's two attack of Aloha, they might get the deal they're looking for. If not, they can choose between a couple of blue chip prospects at positions of need on defense, opting for the best player at the pre- at the more premium spot here. Yeah, uh, I've heard. <coughs> excuse me, I've heard constantly about this guy Jeff. I can't say his last name from Ohio State how high of a projection he is he is on a lot of people's boards he's like the number one cornerback in the draft a lot of people like him a lot of people love him uh Detroit it seems like they're addressing something in the top 10 every single year or the top 20 it's like how do you guys like you guys have so many high draft picks and you guys suck (laughs) like why do you guys suck this badly you know New York will select a tackle I mean don't they already have a tackle? They have Nate Soldier. If the Giants want Daniel Jones to become a true franchise quarterback, they're going to have to protect him. General Manager Dave Gettleman is, an old, is as old school as they come, so don't be surprised when he spends this pick in the trenches, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't they already have two tackles, two good tackles? All right. Miami will select number at number five, Tua Tagovailoa. All right. Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert. What a surprise. Carolina will select Isaiah Simmons, a linebacker coming out of Clemson. The shocking retirement of all pro. Luke Keekley opens up a gaping hole in the on the Carolina defense, but they're in a perfect position to address it here. While some will argue about where Simmons will fit at the next level, his rare combination of athleticism and versatility transcends all doubts about where to line him up. He's the kind of defensive prospect that only comes around once or tr- once in a while. You also want to know what comes around once in a while? A damn quarterback. Maybe you should draft one. Or better yet, just saying, maybe you reach. Maybe you get a wide receiver. Whoever's going to be there. Or you, or you get an offensive lineman. I mean, you got a lot. Carolina's got a lot of holes in their in their whole team because a lot of guys have moved on right they don't have a top quarterback because they let Josh Norman go they uh they may not have a quarterback anymore because they're looking to get rid of Cam Newton whenever and however they can they um they now don't have a co- not a cornerback a uh what's a, a, a freaking linebacker because Luke Keekley retired you don't have a center now because the uh Khalil he retired last year and then he came back to play for the Jets you don't have a safety as far as I, well you do you have Eric Reed uh but now you got some holes in, defi- uh, in in the in the defense, obviously, 
at linebacker, obviously. But then on top of that, you you also have holes on the offensive line. You have Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson. He's a question mark. Maybe he retires. Maybe he doesn't retire. But he's kind of on the back nine, so maybe you want to move on and get you know a tight end in the second round. We'll see what they do in the mock draft. But you got a lot of holes to fill, and it looks like I I, I don't like the pick Isaiah Simmons. Uh, linebacker for Carolina. I would have drafted a wide receiver. Exactly what the Carolinas, uh, not Carolinas, the Cardinals are going to do number eight, CeeDee Lamb, Oklahoma. Great, great. And I said this, I was like, wait, the Cardinals are kind of picking kind of early. Why the hell not? You know, this may surprise some seeing Lamb come off the board before Alabama's Jerry Judy, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some teams have have them graded in that order. One such team could absolutely be the Cards, who love to pair Lamb with his college quarterback, Kyler Murray. This tandem could make the same kind of magic they did in Norman. Huge possibility, and I love it. C.D. Lamb, Oklahoma, going number eight to the Arizona Cardinals. On to Jacksonville. Derek Brown, defensive lineman, Alabama. What? Like, don't they, don't they have enough guys on the defense, especially on the defensive line? Didn't they just jo- draft Josh Allen? What was his name? He was like a lot. He was like a, a steal of the draft or something like that. Like, who was this guy again? Oh my gosh, they're not giving me the fucking roster. Just give me the fucking roster. Holy fuck, man. Not Miles Jack. What's his name? What's his name? Hold on. He's either a linebacker or... A uh, a defensive lineman, but he pretty much like he's he's a pretty much a defensive lineman. Spelled defensive wrong. I spelled it with an I instead of an E. God, Google isn't showing it me yet, so now I have to go to their their freaking website now. All right. Please tell me you're doing it. Oh my God, they're doing it my name and not by position. That's a rookie mistake. Why does nobody do their? Why does nobody have the roster by? Let me try depth chart. It's blank. <laughs> I'm like it's blank. I'm like, okay, hold on. Defense. It's blank. <laughs> like awesome. That's a great, that's a, that's a, let me, let me check out stats. What do you got? What do you got for me? Tell me about the stats that you have. God damn it. Okay, here we go. Defensive stats. I think his name is Miles Jack. I I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'm wrong on that. He was a good player. I, I completely forgot what his name was. Oh, let me, let me just look up their draft pick. Josh Allen, I was right. Yeah, he's a good player. I don't know why you're going for a defensive lineman 
when he got Josh, uh, Josh Allen last year. But Derek Brown, uh, he's, the, he's the nose tackle from Auburn. I thought they needed a wide receiver as well, and they even mentioned Jerry Judy, but apparently the Jags, they're not going to get it. They're not, they don't want him, apparently because they want the rush defense. Uh, Jedrick Wills, tackle for Alabama, going to Cleveland because Cleveland desperately, desperately needs an offensive lineman. New York Jets, they draft another offensive tackle because, again, their offensive line sucked. Did you know, by the way, that, and I take offense to this as a Dallas Cowboy fan, that they wanted, the Jets wanted Tyron Smith for Jamal Adams in an upfront, like, like we want him and we want you guys to give us like a second round draft pick. And people criticized the Dallas Cowboys. They went, they jumped in Jerry Jones's ass. They were like, well, I don't know why you wouldn't make that deal. You know, they're not asking for a lot. It's not like they're asking for one of the best players on your team and a second round draft pick and a player, by the way, in Tyron Smith, who has far more impact on the football game than Jamal Adams. And who we play, or excuse me, pay significantly less than a Jamal Adams. I'm like, yeah, that's a smart idea. Give away your best player. I'm like, no, you guys need him. We, You guys are going to need, or excuse me, we don't need Jamal Adams like you guys need an offensive lineman. I'm like, y'all guys are tripping. You guys are going to give us, you guys are going to have to give us a first round draft pick and Jamal Adams to get Tyron Smith straight up. I'm not even playing about that. Because you guys need him more than you than we need than we need Jamal. That's straight facts. Like, cause you guys suck. We suck, but at least we don't suck as much as the freaking Jets. At least we're going to the freaking playoffs. At least we had a chance to go to the playoffs this year. You guys had no shot in hell of making it anywhere close to a playoff game. And you guys, if you're a Jet, if you're a Jet fan, you guys, if the Jets they, they don't have any shot in hell of going back to the playoffs or going anywhere near sniffing the playoffs this year either. So I don't know what the hell the Jets are thinking. Anyways, the Las Vegas Raiders with the 12th pick in the draft. I'm relighting my candle because it's been two hours since I started the podcast and an hour since I snuffed out the flame, I think. There we go. All right. Light it up. My finger is getting super hot. There we go. God. That is hot. Literally, my finger was like four or five in maybe not no it was like two inches away from a f- open flame i'm like that jesus christ that's hot anyways the las vegas raiders 12th pick overall will select jerry judy from alabama because they don't have a wide receiver of course they do they need him they 1000 percent need a wide receiver they need somebody to splash man and um whoever they have at quarterback they need a wide receiver so no problem with drafting Jerry uh, Judy. The Antonio Brown experiment was a colossal failure, and now the Raiders find themselves still in need of a true number one wide receiver. That makes this a perfect situation for John Gruden and company, who land arguably the best pass catcher in this year's deep class outside the top 10. Judy is a, is as polished and pro-ready as I've ever seen any wide receiver prospect in recent years. Let me tell you something. If you're a team with a wide receiver who, excuse me, if you're a team who's looking for a wide receiver, probably the best draft class in a long time. Just like I'm pretty much reiterating what the guy said. Uh, 
you don't need to draft a guy in the first or the second round. You can probably wait until the third or the fourth and get some pretty high returns, by the way. Sometimes you have draft class like, uh, excuse me, draft classes like this where a guy who probably should go in the second or the third round drops to the third or the fourth. And it's like, well, we get high return off of that. Or better yet, a guy who should be first round material drops to the second round. This happens all the time in the draft. Sometimes you're going to have players or you're going to have specifically a position that has a lot of players entering the draft at the same time for whatever reason. And it's like, well, wait a second. They're all coming out of the draft at the same time. They're all coming out, excuse me, of college at the same time. Like, we can go ahead and draft. We can wait. You know, we can get a lot of value for some of these picks. Number 13, the Indianapolis Colts will draft Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. Don't really have a lot of things to say about that. Excuse me. I just, I don't know. I don't know about Jordan Love. I haven't seen anything from him, so I'm not really going to comment that much on Jordan Love. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they'll select a defensive lineman, Javon Kinlaw. Tampa Bay's defensive front was dominant in 2020. Leading the NFL in rush defense and boasting the NFL sack leader. Still, the unit has a ton of expiring contacts, contracts and veteran Indomitian Sue's spot could be most in need of filling. Ken Law's dominant tape was followed by a fantastic performance in senior bowl practices, making him an ideal pick here. All right, yeah, I mean, make your best spot better. If you're Tampa Bay, but I mean... All right. I mean, it's a mid-round pick. All right. I mean, it's not like you're going home to tell the wife about how you got Javon Kenlaw and how, you know, he's going to take you to the Super Bowl. Anyways. Number 15, Denver Broncos. They'll select Henry Ruggs, the third wide receiver out of Alabama. This is the second of two great wide receivers that Alabama had this year. Drew Locke already has his big physical pass catcher in Cortland Sutton. Remember, he also has the tight end Noah Fant as well. So if you add on a number two, he's got... in, in Weirdly enough, Cortland Sutton has been pretty good this year. He has quietly amassed 1,000 yards, I think, in his rookie year. So, yeah, I mean, he's been maybe in his second year, excuse me. So he's been a pretty good wide receiver going for uh, further. But he needs a big play target. This is talking about Drew Locke and how he needs a big play target. With the speed to challenge defenses over the top and after the catch, Ruggs is a burner who can score every time he touches the ball and would be a steal here after he runs as fast as we expect at the NFL Combine, I think like a 4-3-4-4. We'll see. A 4-3-4-4-40, by the way. Atlanta Falcons, they'll select... Fuck, man, I, I, I don't know. Clavon, Chase Chason, edge rusher, LSU. This entire defensive front needs help in a bad way as the, as the Falcons have failed to generate any sort of formidable pass rush. This pick is about finding the best value, whether it's... Uh, some some of these teams, man, I'm like, I don't care about the explanations. Atlanta needs a damn head coach. That's what I'm going to say for all these... I'm like, I don't care who they draft. They need a damn new head coach. I don't know, maybe Lincoln Riley, he's available. Number 17, Dallas Cowboys. They select Xavier McKinley. McKinney, safety out of, out of, out of Alabama. Another defensive defense, excuse me, with multiple holes to fill this offseason. The Cowboys need help up front and in the secondary at all levels. While some might project LSU's Grant Delpit here, 
Don't be surprised if McKinney is the first safety off the board instead. His combination of athleticism, physicality, intelligence, and versatility would make him the ideal pick here. Yeah, it's McKinney or Delpit. Me personally, I like Saban players a lot. I like Alabama's defensive guys a lot. They're usually first rounders and they usually pay off in dividends. And as a matter of fact, I really haven't seen a top Alabama prospect that's been drafted. Like if you're a star on the Alabama team offensively or defensively, you're like, you're going to be a top player in the NFL. Amari Cooper, Alabama, Julio Jones, Alabama, wide receivers, just saying Miami Dolphins. So, uh, they because of the uh, the trade that they got from Pittsburgh, they dra- uh, they traded away Minka Fitzpatrick to the Pittsburgh Steelers, so they'll get the 18th overall draft pick. Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle, Iowa. They need an offensive line. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders from Chicago at number 19. They're going to get Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Alabama, out of Oklahoma. Excuse me. All right. Jacksonville, this is from Los Angeles. Why not get a freaking wide receiver? Oh, because all of them were taken. Kristen Fulton, cornerback LSU. All right. All right. How's this four rounds? This is only like, how's this four rounds? I don't, I don't, I don't get this. Anyways. Yeah, I'm like, why didn't they get T. Higgins? I'm like, isn't there another guy who could be taken in the top 20 or in the top 32? I don't know. Okay. Philadelphia Eagles at 21 will select T. Higgins, wide receiver out of Clemson. Injuries ravaged Philadelphia's receiving core this season and exposed a severe lack of depth. That should be easily remedied this offseason, thanks in large part to an extremely... Excuse me. Deep class of pass catchers. Higgins has a rare combination of size, length, ball skills and body control and would give Carson Wentz a true number one target. I don't know about that, man. I'm like, if I go back to the draft to like the last page, like Jacksonville, they need a fucking wide receiver. Like the Dolphins, they need a wide receiver as well. I get it. You're, you're, well, uh, no, they need an offensive line better more. I'm like, they need an offensive line. I was about to say, well, I'm like, you can draft a wide receiver. Like, you, you traded away your number one in Lamry Tunsil, so you need a wide receiver. All right. So the Philadelphia Eagles, they'll get the, tie, the uh, T. Higgins, excuse me, wide receiver out of Clemson. Then Buffalo, check this out. They're going to get, I can't say his name, but they're going to get somebody out of Colorado. The Eagles passing on, can't say his last name. I'm going to try. Shen a lot. Here is a big win for the Bills, who are in desperate need of a true number one target for Josh Allen. Uh, I can't, I'm not, I'm going to say Shinny is a physical player with a well-built frame who puts it to good use, both at the catch point and after the catch. He's the complete player. This offense needs to take their game to the next level in 2020 and beyond. There's an interesting statistic on the Buffalo Bills. They didn't have a wide receiver over six feet tall. I think they're like the first player to go to the playoffs in like 20 years with a, without a wide receiver who's over six feet tall. So obviously they need to start getting a big guy, uh, a big guy. New England Patriots, for some weird reason, they're going to draft a safety. Another safety not named Grant Delpit. Don't be surprised. Tom Brady's future is obviously the big question mark, and finding him another pass catcher could be a priority here if he returns. That said, the Pats need to address their need for youth. Oh, no, they don't. 
They need a wide receiver. Their offense was the reason why they sucked last year, and primarily at the wide receiver position, which was easily the worst position that the team had. They need a wide receiver. No, get a wide receiver. If you have to reach, reach. Like, is he going to play in his first year? I don't know. New Orleans Saints, Cole Commit, tight end from Notre Dame. All right. Some of these teams I'm just going to kind of burn through because I'm like, I'm like, eh, like you're, you're, you're kind of like some of these guys. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, do the Saints really need, they have Jared Cook, who's a pretty good tight end. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Minnesota Vikings, they'll get Josh Jones out of Houston at 25, 26. This is Miami again, drafting from Houston. Not from Houston, but they traded away Laramie Tunsil. They're going to get three first-round draft picks because of how many guys they traded. They traded Minka, and they're going to trade. And they traded Laramie Tunsil. Bada bing, bada boom. Two first-rounders for two first-round draft picks. They're going to get AJ Espensa, a pen, a pen and whatever his name is, out of Iowa. Edge rusher. Good job by then getting him. Late first-round draft picks. Seattle will get Raquan Davis from Alabama. Baltimore will get Jonathan Taylor, running back from Wisconsin. Not mad at that pick. Tennessee will get Solomon Kidney, Kendley, offensive line from Georgia. Green Bay will get Jalen Rayagar Gore from TCU. Linebacker is a huge need, but don't be surprised if the Packers prioritize getting more help for Aaron Rodgers. How, How much more help does he fucking need? He has Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams... And he has freaking Jimmy Graham. And he has Geronimo Allison. Like, how much more help does he need? No. I'm not even going to... No. San Francisco, best cornerback, best cornerbacks in the league. They're going to get another one in C.J. Henderson and Kansas City, who I think they, they do need cornerbacks. They're going to get Trayvon uh, Diggs out of Alabama. Again, I like Alabama guys. All right. Because they're from Alabama and they're very, very well coached. All right. So then he kind of just lists them off without any uh, explanations. Cincinnati will get a linebacker, Patrick Queen. Indianapolis Colts. Apparently they'll trade up and they'll get Justin Jefferson, wide receiver out of LSU. Detroit will get James Lynch. Defensive lineman from Baylor. I'm kind of debating on should I just read all of these names or should I just... I'll, I'll just look at some of the interesting teams with some of the interesting players. Because let's be honest, I'm not necessarily interested in some of the teams and some of the players that are going to be drafting. Arizona, in the second round, they'll get a offensive tackle. Austin Jackson out of USC. They desperately need to rebuild that offensive lineman, offensive line because they suck. They also needed a wide receiver, so I had no problem with them getting CeeDee Lamb. Because they suck at wide receiver as well. Cleveland Browns, Grant Delpit will fall apparently to the second round. If I'm Dallas and if he falls to the second round, I'm getting him. I'm getting him. I may move up. I may offer a second and a third. I'm like, here's my third round draft pick. I'm getting Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit. It's my opinion. I'm like, I don't know what position he plays. I'm going to play them both. Free safety, strong safety. I'm going to move. I'm going to say, bye, Xavier Woods. 
Grant Delpit, Grant Delpit and uh, what's his name? McKinley. I forgot his name. We're, they're going to be our new uh, uh, freaking free safeties. Sorry. All right. Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going to draft Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver out of Arizona State in the second round. Chicago, they're not going to draft a wide receiver. They're going to draft a, a, a freaking tight end. They're going to trade with Las Vegas. Like, because you don't need a wide receiver, you don't need offensive linemen. No, maybe you need one of those guys. I don't know. Maybe you need a quarterback. I don't know. Jacob Eason is going to be drafted ahead of Jake Fromm and Jalen Hurts. I don't agree with that at all. Dallas is going to draft Marlon Davidson. 51 overall, second round. Defensive lineman out of Alabama. All right, all right. That's a pretty good, solid guy, I guess. I don't, I, I don't know anything about him. I'm like, I don't, I don't mind getting a defensive lineman. Anyone else has anyone interesting? New England and New Orleans are going to trade down in the draft. They're going to trade out of the second round. Baltimore Ravens are going to get Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver out of Michigan in the second round. I don't mind that at all. All right. Let's go on to the next page. Third round. Here we go. Are they seriously not going to get freaking Jalen Hurts? Is anyone not going to get Jalen Hurts, Anthony Gordon? What about Jake Fromm? Anyone? What's Arizona going to do? They're going to get an edge rusher in the third round. The reason why I'm not reading all these teams is most of them, they, they need more help. I disagree with this. Dallas is going to get a tight end in the third round. Bryson, Hop, Bryson Hopkins? Let me look this dude up. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I would get uh, Randy Moss's son. Thaddeus Moss. He has some pretty good numbers. Like, he was pretty reliable. Like, I would I would give him. Give him a shot. Bryson Hopkins. Let me check him out. 61 receptions, 830 yards, 7 touchdowns. Not that mad at that, actually. Average yards, 13.6. Not that mad at that, actually. His numbers have only gotten better. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't mind that at all. All right, all right. Not mad at that at all. Okay. <clears throat> Philadelphia, they'll draft a cor- a safety in the third round. Ashton Davis. I don't know who that is. Some of these players, I don't know. Jake Fromm, eighty-eight, New Orleans Saints. Ahead of Jalen Hurts. Is he seriously going to fall to the fourth round? I did not see Jalen Hurts. I mean, yeesh, man. Fourth and final round, and then we'll get out of here. Most of these guys, I didn't, in fact, all of these guys, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend like I know them. Thaddeus Moss, 105, Cleveland. 
Tied in LSU, excuse me. Mm. Jalen Hurts, Las Vegas. 111. Quarterback out of, out of Oklahoma, excuse me. Dallas Cowboys will get Antonio Gandy-Golden, wide receiver out of Liberty. Antonio Gandy-Golden. What a weird name. Holy shit. <laughs> I just looked at his numbers. Holy shit. Let me, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They got, uh, they got the best player. One of the videos that just appeared on my feed. The best player you've never heard of. Liberty wide receiver. Let me check this out. Let me mute you. Jesus Christ. Okay. So let me check this out. Six four two twenty. Big guy. Plays outside. Hmm. Beats his guy. Tracks down the football. One-handed grab. Haven't really been able to do that at all in Dallas. Pumps, double clutches. Let me write this dude's name down. <laughs> I just saw him catch a mar- catch a great back shoulder fade by the quarterback. Let me like write this dude's name down. Antonio. I'm gonna write down Antonio Gandy Golden, and then I'm gonna write down Thaddeus Moss as well. These are some of the guys that I want. Like I'm, I'm going to compile a list of players that I want Dallas to draft and guys that I got on, on my draft board or whatever. I don't, I don't know. But I'm like, I'm going to come up with my own draft board for Dallas. And I'm like, Here, here's some of the guys that I want you guys to draft if you're the Dallas Cowboys and blah, 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 blah. All right. I'm a fan. I can do whatever the hell I want. This is my damn podcast. Jesus Christ, man. It was a great catch, too. I'm not going to lie to you. He mossed this dude. And he's a deep threat. Bang. But I mean, he, he's only catching deep balls. And back shoulder fades. He kind of reminds me. He doesn't remind me of Des Bryant. But the routes that he's running right now. And the catches that he's making are Des Bryant-like routes and catches. So if you draft Antonio Gandy-Golden. Yeah, they're back shoulder fades. He's just The quarterback is just throwing him back shoulder fades. It's like... If you draft this guy fourth round, Dez isn't going, coming back to Dallas. The only reason why I guess you would draft this guy and keep Dez for the express purpose of of um, of developing this guy. Holy shit. This dude is mossing people. If you can, and I, and I said this, I was like, listen, hold on. Let me pause, because I, I, like, let me pause. Let me compose myself here. Skip Bayless has this great, uh, great just rule for examining college prospects. He's pretty much said, if you don't jump off of my TV, you're not an NFL player, essentially. You're not a great, you're not, like, ready to play in the NFL. And I, like, I kind of agree with him on that. 
it's pretty easy to tell who's going to be a great NFL player in their first year, or maybe not a great one, but a good NFL player in their first year by what they do in their last year in college. This dude, every single catch, like it's not, it's not every once in a while. And I get it. I'm only watching highlights. So obviously it's a little bit skewed, but dude, the, the title of the video is called the best player you've never heard of Liberty wide receiver, Antonio Gandy golden highlights. Like, Trying to tell you something, man. This guy. This guy, man. And he's 50-50. He's, a good, he's great at, at 50-50 balls. You don't, like, you don't have a guy like that on your team if you're the Dallas Cowboys. And I said this. I was like, this is a deep, deep wide receiver tree. He could have probably have been a third, second round pick. He may go in the fourth. I want Gandy Golden. And it's a one-handed grab. Over the shoulder, bang. The DB is all over this dude, too. Bang. Bang. Oh, my God. They call him AGG. I want him. And I'm looking at him right now. The camera doesn't do him justice. That's a big 220. He's six foot four. He's like the size of a tight end. I want to see his 40 time. I hope he, he gets invited to the combine. I want his 40 time, and I want to see it now. You can't put a freaking you can't like that you can't put a freaking corner on that guy. Oh my goodness. He he this guy has great hands and he has great vision. He like he saw the ball was coming. He deflected it with one hand back towards himself. So it kind of like he he tipped, he tipped it to himself. And then he caught it. And he's in double coverage too. Maybe not double coverage. He's just in tight coverage. Yeah, he's in tight coverage. He's in one-on-one. And he just gets up there and he tips it back to himself. <clears throat> Deep ball. Bang. Great throw. Better catch. Pause. I said this about Metcalf t- last year. I said, you, you're going to put Metcalf with one of the best deep ball throwers in the league in Russell, so- in Russell Wilson. I wish you would. And they did. And look at what happened. Most yards, I think, in a playoff game for a rookie. Most yards or one of the highest yards for a rookie in a season. I wish I might. Bang. Throws down the football field. He looks like Dez, man. He looks like... I'm I'm drafting him. Bang. He gets up and he grabs it, secures it. Bang. Great hands. Throws it up in the air for Gandy. Good job by him. I saw his numbers and I was like, Wait a second, his, he has like 1,300 yards. Like, great release. The DB is like, the, by the way, some of these guys are freaking holding on to this dude for the entirety of the route. He would have been gone like the flash if some of these guys weren't holding him. Bang. It's like Des. He just gets that outside leverage. He goes up the field, and he and the dude is holding on to Gandy. Golden for the entirety of the route. He still just bursts through him, sees the ball, tracks it down. Bang! What a what a what a great route that he ran. 
He's a red zone guy too. I'm 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 telling you, man. He's there third round. I don't know who the hell Dallas drafted in the third round. I'm taking Gandy. And I'm saying, hey, I'm saying, hey, like, if we want, like, and, and Steven Jones was like, I want Dez on the team. I don't want Dez on the team if I have to sacrifice Gandy Golden right now. Younger version of Dez Bryant, I'm taking him over Dez. He's literally like a younger version of Dez Bryant. Bang. Oh, yeah, that's a Dez route right there. He's beating the tour out of some of these damn defensive uh, DBs. Bang, bang, over the middle. Easy catch. I mean, it's like pitch and catch. It's just, here, here you go, Gandy. Bang, bang. Easy catch by him. Bang, play action. Double clutches it. Goes back to Gandy. 50-50 ball. There you go. That's exactly what you want to see. He's a guy that can work outside the numbers. I would put him, listen, if you if you got a route that you like, if you got, listen, if I was the Dallas Cowboys, I would. if I had five wide receivers on the football field, depending on the type of formation that I wanted, I would have Gandy Golden and Michael Gallup both working on the outside, Randall Cobb, uh, freaking Amari working inside, maybe you have Zeke on the field, maybe you have Blake Jarwin on the field. I'm just like, like, like yeah, like, like Amari and Randall working on the inside, because those are your route runners. Those are your those are your guys that I like. You have uh, what's his face, uh, 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 Gandy Golden, Antonio Gandy Golden, and Michael Gallup working on the outside. And then you have either a tight end or you have a running back, either you know in pass protection or out in the flat or wherever you want to go. Like, or you have Gandy subbing in and taking some of Michael Gallup snaps. I don't know what the hell you want to do. Have him work on the outside. Have him work on the inside. Whatever you need him to do, have him do it. Cause this guy is all over. He's killing some of these DBs right now. Let me, let me turn, let me, let me turn it on. Hold on, cause you're not getting the full context. Let me turn it on just a little bit. Jesus Christ. The one that's tired. Two plays, fifty yards. Shoulder fake across the middle. Gandy reaches out, snares it, and tumbles into the end zone. That wasn't even one of his best catches, or that wasn't one of his best routes. He worked the middle, but he's an outside guy. I like this guy. Calvert okay. looks right. Great throw, better zone. catch. Touchdown. And that yep. is a touchdown. Liberty Flames and, well, who else? Antonio Gandy-Golden receives his second touchdown today. Now going to pull it out. Pump fake. Now looking downfield. Trying to get to Gandy-Golden. ATG goes up. Makes the grab inside the 20. Dragging a man in. in, 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 in. Today. Let me go back and punch that one. Now going to pull it out. Pump fake. Now looking downfield. Trying to get to Gandy Gold. AGG goes up. Makes the grab inside the 20. Here's, here's the thing. I think it's a little bit underrated. I think this quarterback that's throwing him the footballs, I think he has a little bit of an underpowered arm. So it's a lot of 50-50 balls. I don't know how fast he is, but it looks like he, like, for me, it looks like he beats the DB either just with, the initial push off, the, not the initial push off, excuse me. The initial release beats the DB, or he just burns him. I want to see his forty time too, because every single time I see this guy run a route, he's beating this DB and he has to slow up and come back for the ball. Like he, he like on this play, he beat the DB, but the ball was underthrown, so he had to come back for it. I, if he's there on the fourth round, I want him. If he's there on the third round, I'm considering taking him. Nearly 2,000 miles away from home for the second straight week. 
Calvert fires to the sideline. It is caught by Antonio Gandy-Golden, mm. mm. who escapes, and he gets a first down for Liberty. Second down. Didn't look that fast. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. He looked elusive, but he didn't look that Straight fast. Straight weak. Calvert fires mm. to the sideline. It mm. is caught Dukes. by Antonio Gandy-Golden, who escapes, and he gets a first down for Liberty. Second down. Buckshot again. Wants to throw. Downfield. Gandy-Golden. There you go. Perfectly thrown ball. He kind of slowed up on the route. He should have kept going because he's used to, I guess, slowing down on the route. Perfectly thrown ball. He kept running, touchdown, but he usually has to slow up to catch the dang on football. And that's what he did, but he still caught it. Perfectly thrown ball. And you know what I love about Gandy Golden? Ball security. You want to know what my issue was last year? Guys dropping footballs. Bang. To the ground. Catches the football. Great job by Antonio Gandy Golden. I'm sold. I want him on the football team. Dang. I gotta look up the wide rec- I gotta look up some of these wide receivers. I gotta see their tape. I gotta see their highlight tape, man, because this guy is beating the tar out of some of these teams, man. So first down. Calvin again looking to throw Dang. fires near side. The AGG to grab again, and that is gonna do it. He now moves atop the flames record books, most receiving yards in program history. Let me look at his numbers and then, then we'll leave. 17.7 yards per catch, 10 touchdowns, uh, 1,396 yards. By the way, that's the fourth most in, uh, in college football. 79 receptions, tied for 19th. He's from Dallas, Georgia. They're showing one of his big plays right here. Let me see it. Let me turn on the sound here. End up getting the ball in their own 26. Calvert going to sling it downfield. Look for Gandy Golden. One-handed catch. See you later. Gandy Golden to the house. Snagged that one with one hand. Reaching out with that right hand. Brings it in. And then Christian Angelo said, yeah. nope. Uh, he's still down on the field. Angelo looked like he may have pulled up lane there after that grab was made. Yeah, he pulled a hamstring right there. I don't think it would have mattered. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully hopefully the DB is okay. I don't want to laugh at the DB who's 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 hurt. But this guy, Ganny Golden, it just looks like it's a go route. Nothing's fancy about it. Just see, like, he just runs past the DB. The DB gets hurt after he's run past him. So it's not like his 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 uh his hammy uh was was broken up during the play. It was it was actually after he had caught it and was about to run like he has like a good 3 yards of separation when he catches the football. Like I'm like Dak has become a way better deep ball passer in the last year than he's ever been. And you want to tell me a guy that's pretty much like a younger version of Des Bryant, maybe not as great We'll see how he is next year. But a younger version of Des Bryant, he can't come on the football field and help out Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Again, let's say let's say you're doing you're 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 operating out of the West Coast. Okay, you're just stacking weapons on weapons on weapons. You're giving freaking Mike McCarthy an armory an armory to work with. You get Gand- this guy Gandy Golden. You get Tony Pollard. You get Randall Cobb. You have Amari Cooper. You you, you have Michael Gallup. You have Dak Prescott. You may get Des Bryant. You may get this guy Antonio Gandy-Golden. You have Blake Jarwin. You may move off of De- Dalton Schultz. You may keep him. You may get Thaddeus Moss in the draft. 
There's a lot of options offensively. I'm more excited about the offense because I, I think the offense is where we should be spending a lot of time with, if I'm honest with you, if I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. But if you look at this guy in the Dallas Cowboys offense, if you have an offensive head coach, wouldn't you want to have give him more weapons than the defense? You need the defense to work. You need it to be successful. You need it to, to, be, to play defense. But at the same token, you want to have an offense for your head coach who's an offensive-minded head coach. That's what I'm trying to say. So, Ganny Golden... The dude has 1,300 yards in two years playing with Liberty. How old is he? How old is he? I don't know. I don't know his age. But it, trust, trust me, man. Just watch his numbers. Just watch his stats. Not his stats, excuse me. Just watch... Just saw his numbers and watched his tape. Not a tape guy. I don't know what I'm watching, but I'm like one-handed grabs. I'm a stat guy and a tape guy, I guess. I watch the games and I read the stats, but it's like, come on. Antonio Gandy-Golden out of Liberty. I wish I... I'm just thinking about the possibilities. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be back, I don't know, like either Wednesday? I think I'm going to take tomorrow off. I've been podcasting for like four days straight. Multiple podcasts on the podcast on the freaking site on my Spotify. Hold on. Excuse me. Sorry. Anyways. Ladies and gentlemen, it is checkout time. It is time for me to do more work. <laughs> because you know, for some weird reason for me. The, uh, the proverbial grind does not stop. It is freaking 11 o'clock at night, and I still have to, like, edit a video. So, I may as well get crack-a-lacking on that. This has been 24. Remember? I was about to say my freaking... No. Get it together, 24. What are you doing? You're the best. Act like it. Restart the outro. What are you doing? Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Pretty much where you can find any podcast, you will find 24's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, pause the music. Where is, where's the next basketball game? I want to talk about basketball, but I, I want to cast another basketball game, but... I don't, I don't when they'll play. I don't know when. Yeah, I don't know when they'll play. When are they going to play again? Do they take a week off or do they take a, a couple of days off? I thought it was a couple of days. 2020, 220. So in like three days. So Thursday. Okay, so I'll be back. Who plays on Thursday? Oh, a bunch of bad games. Okay, I'll probably be back on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm like, you got Rockets versus Warriors, Grizzlies versus Kings, Nets versus 76ers, and uh, and who who else is playing? Jesus Christ, uh, Hornets, Bulls, Heat. I'll be, I'll be back. I will not be back to watch these basketball games. I will be back though. Please tell me there's a good basketball game on Friday. Yeah, there's there's the Spurs versus the Jazz and the Lakers. The Lakers versus the Grizzlies. I'm sad because my Spurs they're they're not in the playoffs. 
But ladies and gentlemen, until Wednesday and Friday, I think Wednesday I'll have a video gaming podcast for you. Yeah, I will because I need to. Until Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a fantastic day and I will see you next time.